Hey Goblins, Brian Bowden. It's time now to jump into that rabbit hole and head right over to our Goblin Goodies Vault for another great episode. Remember, links, stations, and other references you may hear may not be valid. Enjoy the show. It is time for Beyond the Realm. Everything you've wanted to know about, but were too afraid to ask. With your hosts, from the Bronxville Paranormal Society, Al Santariga, Brian Bowden, and Cindy Bailey Duff. Sit back and relax, if you dare. Welcome to Beyond the Realm, your home for everything you ever wanted to know, but were too afraid to ask. And we're here to ask it and get the information for you. We're the Bronxville Paranormal Society. My name is Brian Bowden. We have our leader, Al Santariga. Al? Welcome. Welcome to Beyond the Realm radio show, where we, are, where we interview tomorrow's paranormal celebrities today. I'm Al Santariga, founder and CEO of the Bronxville Paranormal Society. Thank you for joining us tonight. Back to you, Bri. Ah, thank you. That was really nice. And, and of course, we would be lost without you, but Cindy Bailey Dove, welcome. Welcome. I'm thrilled to be here and get our first show going. And I am the team psychic. So I try as do as, as well as I can. <laughs> and uh I am so thrilled to be here with Al and Brian. And on this show we're gonna try to do something different where we have everyday people. And I want to thank Frank Santariga and that's coming on the show because he is a researcher that researches the correct way. Um on these fields. I mean, he tries to get his, uh, his evidence. So I'm a think, I would like to thank him very much for being a great researcher and trying to get real evidence in this field, which is hard at times. Okay, Brian, back to you. <laughs> no, it, it, it's the truth. Researchers, um, it's, it's kind of interesting because a lot of people aren't, aren't uh, really out in the field and doing the work, uh, getting their boots on the ground. Al and I, Al, we have this discussion all the time. We need boots on the ground. And, uh, you know, Frank is out there. He's actually researching. He's not sitting back in a lounge chair writing a book. Um, so it, it's awesome. So bringing that up, we are uh, a brand-new radio radio show. We're on the Paranormal UK Radio Network, and we appreciate them at the Paranormal UK Radio Network for having us on. This is something that I know I wanted to do for a long time. I was Pulling on Al, I'm like, Al, you, we got to do this. We got to do this once or twice a month. And Al, he just wanted to go a little bit slow, baby steps, which is great. And I agree with him, but now we're doing it and we're live. And we have a great guest to bring on for you for our premiere episode. Um, he is an author and a parapsychologist. But we'd like to welcome very much Frank Santariga. Please welcome him, everybody. Hi. Welcome, Hi. Frank. Hi, everyone. How are you today? But I want to correct Brian one thing. Uh, I am sitting on a lounge chair right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not out there. It's too cold. It's uh, nine degrees out here in Michigan. Wow. And I do not want to go out today. <laughs> yeah. So I am here just relaxing. 
That's good, and you know we're allowed to be on lounge chairs. We do a a, a lot of uh, discussion on uh, discussions on those as well. But um, I know that you do get your feet wet. You get out there, and that's what I I appreciate. I don't really like too many of these new shows where they have these celebrities in the field, and I'm putting quotes up that mm-hmm. come on. I don't know Al's opinion or Cindy's, but I'm sure we're in in, in a similar uh, spot. Oh but, yeah. Um, thank you again for coming on our premiere show and. For everybody in the audience that do does not know about Frank Santariga, can you just give us a brief bio on yourself? Sure. Um, I um, started this when I was about uh, – I was in, I think in 1974 when I first started getting interested really in the parapsychology uh, part of it. But I did uh, – what geared me to it was uh, I was with my mother and sister. We were visiting relatives in Italy um, back in 1960, and um, – I saw what was then called a UFO. I mean, to describe it, it was maybe uh, if you held your hand out, your arm out, at, um, and had a nickel in your hand, it was about that size. It had uh, s- sparkles and all kinds of things shooting off of it and looked more like a meteor to me than a UFO. Um, but uh, what had happened is that the, it slowed up, almost come to a stop. Then it dove down. And now, now I'm a, I was on a, a, a bike trip with my cousin, George, there in Italy. He, um, he belongs to a bicycle club, and they take these rides for practices all over. And we happened to be on across the valley up on the mountain. So when I saw this UFO, it was you know maybe about a, at a 1 o'clock position. As it came down, it was eye level. Eye level to the other mountain on the other side of the valley. And um, – it, ha- it was so large that it, it actually cast a giant shadow onto the, 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 the city down at the, at the base of the uh, mountain. And uh, it, it was enormous, um, maybe about three to 400 feet long, at wow. least, wow. at least, wow. probably that. But uh, again, at first, I wasn't sure what it was. Uh, I couldn't tell. It, like I said, it looked like a meteor, slowed up, almost come to a stop dove down i thought it was going to hit the city down at the at the bottom of the valley honest to god i thought they were going to wipe out the city but it actually went around the mountain that was at the base of this valley and this mountain there's a bike trail that goes around this mountain my cousin used to use that with his team for practice it's 20 miles to get around that mountain wow this thing went around that mountain in a fraction of a second in a second it just dove down, went around a mountain, and shot right back up into the sky. That, that would be I, I, impressive I, for me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I was in shock. And there was – now, we were at what they call like a lookout where you could, you know, park your car and look over the valley and thing like that. And alongside of our bicycles were uh, tourists. There was a, a German family that was a tourist and also an English family. And, I mean, everybody was astonished. They said, what did we just see? And it was incredible. Nobody knew. Did, did, but, did uh, any of them take pictures while they were, like, witnessing this? Or was just everybody in awe yes. of, like, what they were seeing? Yes. But, again, in those days, it's not digital cameras. They were, like, <laughs> brownie cameras, you know, the old Kodaks. Oh, yeah. And, and so they uh, just took pictures. But I guess when they got back where they lived, they probably developed them. But uh, for the longest time, um, when I got back, I mean – Years ago, um, I it, it lost you know I lost track of that sighting. But that, again, this is what got me towards the parapsychology part of it, you know, trying to find out what these type of things are. 
Um, I was able to find about two, it was about three years ago, I was able to find the actual write-up of the sighting in a website in England about UFOs. I was wow. for, for the so longest that time. Yeah, sighting Frank, that actual sighting, the one yes. you've seen. Wow. Yes. Amazing. Amazing is right because for years I've been trying to find out anything about it. I even wrote to the papers because even in the newspaper the next day on that city. Now, this city where my uh, my aunt and uncle live there uh, is Bolzano. It's uh, it's right on the border of almost Austria and Italy. And it's it's a large city. There's over 100,000 people in this city. So it's not a small city. Uh, they used to right. build the Lancia cars there. Um, and they, the newspaper there stated that over 100,000 people within the, the, all the communities, not just Bolzano, but the other communities going into Austria, noticed this object. And so it wasn't just a one-person thing right. or a couple of people. But there was nothing in, in any of the local papers? or even No, no, it was, it was. Here? It was in the newspaper. It was the headlines, in fact, the next day in the newspaper. It was a big headlines. Frank, how, Frank, excuse me, Brian. Frank, how old were you when you seen that? Fourteen. Fourteen years old. Yeah, wow. and my cousin, my cousin George in Italy, he he was fourteen at the time too. That's, I mean, like, I'm just saying that you you find, you know, you see this is amazing object flying out and doing all these maneuvers and speeds, almost hitting this town or looking like it's going to hit this yeah. town, and you you find the actual article in England. Where it does it does did you ever I mean I'm sure you did research but check like Italian newspapers yes Italian I wrote the records I, in fact or, I wrote to the newspaper uh, the Italian newspaper that had it and they couldn't find it in the archives they said the archives they only keep us for 25 years wow so I uh, yeah I, and I said well do you you know ship them off site says yeah we do but you know it's going to cost you and then. And then I, they have to have some kind of transfer from dollars to uh, euros, and uh, yeah. it was a big mess. I said, well, let, me, let me look further on. So I did, and I looked further on, and it was this website uh, about uh, UFOs in England and English uh, sightings. Somehow it got – what had happened is that this thing not only appeared in Italy and Austria, but it went across to France and over to England. Yeah. So that's how it come. It was in that English website. It actually appeared that same day. So that and was an English sighting from the, uh, from England, and then you know, yes. did you check the other countries as well on the pathway, or try yeah, to I plot did. That? I did. Yeah, I did that. I did that. In fact, like I said, the, the uh, that website that I was uh, that mentioned it said that it, it traced it itself. They, it told what countries that. In fact, this thing started in the Middle East. Middle East. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. This. Yeah. Oh, this. Yeah. Now, what year was this, Frank? Nineteen sixty. Wow. 1960, okay. Yeah. Wow. It was in 1960. Um, it started in the Middle East, crossed over to Europe. I guess I'm, I must have went through the Mediterranean. I don't know. But somehow it made up its way up to the northern Italy in the Alps where I was. Then went across Austria into France and over to England. And that's, like I said, the, uh, the English uh, website had it. Uh, you know, there was nothing in France about it, nothing in the Italian website about UFOs. Well, I mean, there must have been many, many witnesses this oh, was yeah. the daytime, right? Because yeah, it was the daytime, yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, because to go across all those countries, and right. I mean, many, many witnesses. Yep, yep. And uh, like, I'm trying to remember, I think it was just about a little bit before lunch. It must have been around 11 o'clock or so uh, when I when we saw this. Right, when it came what was out. the shape of the craft? Well, like I said, it was like a, a round, like a, if you were held a nickel, 
at arm's length, and it had just sparkles all over it. Now, here's – it got kind of – here, when it came around the mountain, after it came around the mountain, all those sparkles were gone. You know, the sh- like, uh, you know, they were gone. And it was like, uh, I guess, like what you could say, you know, a flying saucer shape type of thing at that point. But it went so fast right. that I, I, you know, it, it just it just like turned into like a light and just shot right across over the mountains. Thinking about that, that craft right now and knowing mm-hmm. what you've known for all these years, you've been doing the research yeah. on the paranormal. Do you think that that craft was actually in trouble? And no. with, with the sparkles and then something, they, they kind of got it into that mode where they, they, you know, kicked it into hyperdrive or did something to, you know, change the, the actual appearance, which may have been me- mechanical failure? You know, that's a good possibility. I never thought of it that way. The way I thought of it was that uh, it wanted to make itself seen. And if, you, if you're going to want to be seen, especially over a city with 100,000 people, a population that big, you're going to be seen. And, and it was. Oh, yeah. Right. But and it did, and it seemed like it wanted to be seen. He wanted to show what he could do. You know, hey, it, I could just yeah. like that. But you you make a good point, Brian. Well, uh, me, I, I never can I ask you a question? Was sure, there it, okay? What were were the sparkles? Any colors? Or was this all white? All white. Like okay. if you had a sparkle in your hand, the same type of thing. Oh, you, okay, that's good. You okay. know, yeah. I was just thinking, like, like when you said it wants to make its presence known. What a great way to make its presence known, because comparing. Europe, Middle East at that time to the U.S., let's say. Um, we still have it here today. And I mean, in the city, there's there's been plenty of sightings for UFOs. People have video of them, but people don't pick their heads up high enough to actually even look up. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, the European model, the European person is more aware of like, what the heck is that? You know, they're 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 really they really are going to get recognition for like, oh my God, what is that? Yeah, it's um, more open there. I mean, we know in this country how things are. Pretty much cover up type of deal, but in Europe, uh, you know, as I do my research and other sightings and things, uh, they're open. They're open about it. If you call a cop and talk to him about it, he'll sit there with you and write a report and everything. You call a cop here and talk about a UFO, he'll tell you to you know go sober up and don't let me catch you driving. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's what they do. What have you been drinking, pal? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I mean. I had that uh, when I was uh, doing an investigation in Westport. This woman and daughter, same thing. They saw this UFO on uh, Route 59, and uh, the cop they called the police, and, and they had cell phone. They called the police right from where they were, and the cop told, "You better not let me catch you driving." He says, "I'll arrest you." And they oh, thought wow. she was drinking. Yeah, yeah it was kind of crazy. Well, that's why but, most people don't bother. Right? Yeah, especially yeah, back in I mean, 1962. I mean, like you know, you yeah. have all these wars, you know tension and mm. and whatever it, it was no nonsense it's not like today where you know oh it's probably youtube or move on they're shooting a movie or something like yeah. that well the, the sighting about the, the woman and the daughter um that i interviewed that happened in 1996 i believe it was 1996 and so but again it was, you know that type of deal uh police don't really want to get involved they very rarely get them in they well, want to go in check it out it's a, it's a tough thing to 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 get involved and i i have, I have family that are, are are professional pilots and mm-hmm. i you know they briefly touch on it and they don't really want to discuss uh things that they may have seen but they kind of make it known that they we've seen things yes things because, yeah you know you could lose your job over this mm-hmm. yeah e- even though i i recently come to some uh information that most major police departments have a uh, you would call it an x-files type of police force 
Oh, um, really? Yeah, and they do investigate these things. They just keep it very quiet. Um, hmm. The New York City Police Department has that. I also got the same that. information, Brian. About oh, that. you did? Yeah. Um, that they Basically, it's like, a, you know, the old show X-Files. They have a place they put them. Mm. Uh, and not just UFOs, but any kind of strange. Oh, it's, yeah, it's everything. It's it's cryptids. I mean, right. you name it: mm-hmm. werewolves, vampires, ghosts, uh, right. goblins, whatever you can think of. You'd be surprised how many people say they've had interactions with vampires. <laughs> yeah. Especially in New York. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the. Uh... The um, the uh, only place that I heard of uh, I, that they were at one time when I called was the Southbury Barracks of the Connecticut State Police. Oh, I know that place very well. Yeah, so uh, they did have you know a lock for it, and in fact, one of the best photos ever taken was with a uh, Connecticut State Trooper right in Southbury um, at night. He had taken, in fact, Al, I think it's the famous uh, Hudson Valley UFO people have been seeing. Like the one you saw, I believe it's the same one. Uh, it was huge, um, in- incredibly um, bright for that time. It was at night, but he uh, he took a picture, and it was a state trooper. And it's 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 it could be seen if you Google it, Southbury UFO. You'll was that see the it. triangular craft? That the no, I, this is, I this is circular. No, this one circular. circular. Yep, definitely yeah, it's circular, Brian. It's yep. like a, almost like a half moon. Oh, yeah, because, you know, I, I remember, you know, as a kid. Um, seeing this and seeing the news reports, I remember Eyewitness News had a ton of news reports on this stuff, and I was like, "Oh, I got to go up there." But you know, being a kid at the time when all these things were taking place, yeah. I didn't have a driver's license. I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I can't go to turn to my dad who just came back. From work. Hey, Dad, you want to drive up to eighty four so we can go take a look <laughs> at UFOs? You would have been like, yeah, right. "Go to bed." <laughs> go to well, bed I want to ask you something, Frank. Um, sure. In all your investigations, have you ever heard of anyone talking about? A second moon, or a craft that looks like a moon. Um, size. They had a famous size of the moon. You said well, the size actually, of a moon. Yeah, I mean, what it is is you will see a second moon. There's a famous sighting in this in the fifties by a pilot and some uh, and his crew. It, I mean, mm. not the size of the moon. I mean, it looks like a second moon. I'm asking that because I saw it, and very few people have seen it. And I just wondered if you would ever got and, – and then I was watching a show, and then they come out with this sighting about these military people hmm. in the 50s. Well, and, I could tell you this, Cindy. Uh, that object that I saw was circular like the moon and had the sparks coming out of the back. So, uh, I'm, I mean, it, it was that round. It was, just, like I said, holding the nickel up there. And okay. only the time that it took off from going around a mountain that it changed – well, the change or whatever, the sparkle stopped, and it looked like it got flatter, more of like a UF, regular UFO that it took off. But okay, it could, thank you. Yeah, it could have been that it was, you know, also that it was going so fast that it it looked flat to me, or, you know, more flattened than it was. I, I you know, it was happened real quick. But anyway, that's what got me interested in it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as uh, as uh, went along, uh, I met this uh, when I lived in Colorado for a while. I was. Uh, I was working with a fellow who was going to the uh, to the uh, American Parapsychological uh, Institute in California, and, and we started talking. And he was more into the haunting type of things, and I, it got me more interested in that also. He says, "Well, you know what?" He says, "You should talk to these two guys who run this place, and um, you know maybe you can work with them." He says, "I'm trying to get a, a parapsychology certification also through them." So. Um, 
I started calling them, and uh, they turned out to be two uh, two terrific guys. Um, one guy, his name was uh, Burton Matthews, and the other guy was Paul Karchik. His last name is spelled K-A-R-F-C-H-I-K. And he's known more in Europe for the parapsychology that he did. And uh, in fact, he's the, I think he uh, wrote an encyclopedia on parapsychology. So yeah, it's a multi-volume book on it. But uh, they're the guys that I got in touch with, and uh, I worked with them. They were really great guys. I, I was able to uh, do most of my work at home via phone. You know, that day we, in those days we didn't have the internet back right. in 1977. <laughs> and um, but I did have to take the exams at the um, New. I don't know if it's still there. The New York. It was the New York Paris. Parapsychological Society. It was on Madison Avenue somewhere. Wow. Uh, oh, years ago. Yeah, that they, you know, they wouldn't let me take the exam at home. Not that I was going to cheat. I, I mean, uh, I, you know, I used to just suck in all the subjects, other than you know, the, the ones like astrology. I'm not really into and right. reincarnation. You know, those type of things. They're okay. I passed them, but they really didn't grab my interest as the other. Subjects did. Frank, I got a question for you. Yep. Um, who are the people that inspired you to do become a paranormal researcher? Okay, all right. Like I said, the, the first and most foremost were these two uh, parapsychologists. Uh, okay, uh, Bert Matthews them. and Doctor Paul Cratchit. Yeah, they were they were they were really made me really get into it. Made it very interesting. But uh, you know, as a kid growing up, uh, there was um, uh, Hans Holzer. Excellent. Yeah, Ray Moody, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, the Warrens. You know, these people yeah, that absolutely. I've talked to. Uh, Ray Fowler. Oh, yeah. John Fuller. Let's see. Uh, Frank Edwards. I mean, these people are, you're, we're talking way back, you know, in the 60s. To They're the like 70s. pioneers of this field. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They, they, they were. And, uh, and of course, the, my mentor, the guy, uh, Jim McDermott from Greenwich, uh, uh, the people at um, the American Parasy- Parapsychological Institute, they, uh, forwarded me to uh, Jim McDermott. He's um, he was my mentor. You know, working with him on a lot of these cases. He uh, lived in Greenwich, Connecticut, <coughs> and I worked in Greenwich at the time. Excuse me. No problem. But, yeah, and I worked in Greenwich, so uh, it worked out well with him. Well, I was uh, one of the you know when you went to to major in or or focus on parapsychology mm-hmm. back when you did. I mean, yeah. I was just thinking about the times. Um, you know the 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 where the kids were thinking, the way the country was going, and you'd think doctor lawyer. <laughs> so <laughs> when you came home and you said, "I'm majoring in parapsychology," yeah, um, but Ryan, you, you know that that was not my full time job either. Though <laughs> I, I, I was an information technology major. Oh, so you're you're uh, yeah, computer, right. One of the computer. <laughs> I couldn't live on anything like that. <laughs> That's not <laughs> sure. Yeah, you know, it, it'd be nice to be an artist for myself as well, but you know, yeah, that right? does not pay the bills. <laughs> it doesn't um, pay the bills because I, I just I, you know, and I get it because I think each one of us can attest to the fact that we all have a passion. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, we're talking about one of our passions right now with you, which has the same passion. Right. Um, and it's it would be great to be able to do this. On a on a real professional level, where you can kind of get compensated without having to hawk something um, okay. in a way. <laughs> I but, can tell you this, Jim. I, I can tell you this that Jim McDermott, yep. Yep. he did this full time. But now we're not in the same shoes as uh, Jim McDermott was. 
Jim was a uh, he was from Greenwich, Connecticut, and you know Greenwich is yep. up money. diddy up, right? Yep. All money. His dad was a uh, an investor. What do they call him? An uh, investment broker or banker. something? Investment banker. Um, yes, an investment or- banker. Uh, he owned the company. Uh, <laughs> wow. So yeah. what had happened? Uh, I can give you a little background on Jim. Uh, he was uh, like again. He was he was a young kid like like I was when he saw his first UFO. Uh, not too far from the Merritt Parkway, his right. uh, his house, you know, uh, is not too far from the Merritt Parkway, and the thing landed in his backyard. Oh my gosh! Yeah, what? so this, yeah, this was this is what got him interested in it. He sees this thing landing in his backyard, but anyway, he uh, he was working with his father. He got out of college. I, I think he went to Princeton too. Uh, he was, I think he went to Princeton. Got out of college, started working with his dad. Um, in his dad's company, his dad passed away and um, left the company to him and his sister and his mother. So what they did is they sold the company. Right. And um, each took some. Um, sister went to California. The mother went uh, to, I, I want to say they had an island somewhere in the Bahamas. <laughs> wow. Honest, honest guy. Good yeah. to be the king, Frank. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, well, Jim just stuck around. He, um, in fact, he sold the house and he lived in the carriage house on the property. Wow. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, he made the deal with the person. He, so Jim didn't have to work. Well, he, that, uh, that must he, have been a massive property, too. Have you ever been out oh, to his property? Yes, yes. yes. So I'm, we were talking like acres upon acres, right? Like uh, you know, the old school um, Let's see. I, I think he said there was seven or eight, I think seven or eight acres, <sighs> eight acres in Greenwich. Wow. And I mean, it's it's isolated. The carriage house is really isolated from the main house, right? So it's like his own little house in this property. But uh, you would go I mean, when I first met him. You know, he brought me. He said, "Come on in. I want to show you the place around." In fact, here's the funny thing: when uh, I got the phone call from the uh, the institution saying, "Hey, that they uh, this I want you to meet this guy, Jim Harriman. He's into you know parapsychology. He does investigation UFOs, uh, hauntings, and things." And he's thrilled that there's somebody close to him that can help him. I said, yeah, that'd be great. So I called the number they gave me, and he says, yeah, I'd be glad. You know, I want to meet you. Can we do it? Can you meet me this afternoon, tonight? I said, well, I'm working right now. I said, can, can we do it like on a Saturday morning? And he says, fine. So uh, I came down. I was At that time, I was living in Norwalk. So I drove down to Greenwich, and uh, I, I says, uh, where can I meet you? Because he gave me the name of the street, and the map I had, I mean, we didn't have Map quest back. Yeah, you had maps. Like that, right? We have yeah. maps, right? I said, yeah. I, I, I can't see the, your street. He says, Nah. He said, You know what? They don't put the name of the streets up here because the people want to be private. Right. I said, Wow. I said, He says, But you can meet me, you know, on the main road. And I says, Okay, I know where, you know, you can't hear me. I'll meet you there. So I met him there and I followed him. And God knows where we were. And uh, we came to his house and uh, he had this great setup. It was, uh, it was like, um, what they call it now, open living. Everything is open. Yeah, he had taken yeah. everything down inside. One, the whole left hand side was all to do with UFOs. The whole right hand side of the house all to do with hauntings and you know things of that nature. And he had uh, a micro microfiche system. Wow. Yeah, uh, he. I mean, he had everything. Like I said, the, he had a ton of money, and that's what he did full time. He was um, he was really good friends with the. The uh, Lorenzans, do they belong to APRO, APRO, the uh, Aerial Phenomenon Resource Organization? Right. And I think it's in Arizona 
somewhere. He was very good friends with them, so he had all the information. Like he would do the the sightings that they would send to him. You know, they, they would get reports of sightings. They would send to the gym, and Jim would go out and you know check them out. But uh, what I wanted to say, this guy had, had everything. He had everything all set up for it. So, uh, and he was smart. He knew. I mean, he, this guy knew everything about UFOs. He knew all the books. He knew. He read all the books. He knew the researchers personally. He knew a lot of the researchers personally. And um, and and again, he uh, he was friends with uh, uh, wasn't a, a holster. He was good friends with him. He knew him. The people down at the, the New York's uh, uh, Parapsychology uh, Institute down there, the society right. rather. He knew the people there, so he was he was in the people, yeah, the right people. Yeah. yeah, he was connected, and he got uh, all the good cases. Now, Cindy, uh, um, this I'll bring you in, Tim, because uh, you're a psychic. When we worked, when I worked with Jim, and we went to like hauntings or uh, poltergeist type of uh, cases of that nature, um, he would bring a psychic with him. Uh, the name was. Helen, I can't remember her last name. God, it was so many years ago. Helen, but she lived somewhere in um, around Fifth Avenue in New York. So uh, he would go pick her up at the train station in Greenwich, and then we would go on sightings. But it, it goes to show you that we didn't have all these cameras and these gizmos and things. We had a psychic, yeah. ourselves, a cassette tape recorder. And maybe a Polaroid cam and a 35 millimeter. That was our equipment. I mean, other than that, and the sight. That's oh, it. Oh, I and, remember those days. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> I started in '74. Yeah, that's the same year, the time I started, I, right? I know. I was talking about that was a coincidence. Yeah, I was 14. So, huh? I mean, yeah, we didn't have a lot of stuff like they got now. <laughs> oh no, yeah, no, incredible. But uh, it, it, Jim, like I said, he was uh, my mentor. Um, I learned a lot from him. And I really appreciate it. When we when we did the uh, uh, this year, we we were at the uh, Pine Bush UFO Festival, and we were doing a presentation. Actually, we met Hans's uh, daughter there, and she was really nice. And she went through, uh, you know, promoting herself, and, oh, and she okay. was very warm to us. And she actually gave us uh, autographed copies of, of, of books. So um, oh, I'm, I'm versed in, in Hans, and I, I mean. These are the guys that I was reading or looking looking to for answers. I guess mm. when I started a long time ago, and you know, uh, in the seventies with monsters and monster movies, and then yep. you think of the fantasies. That's how I started. I'm sure it's pretty similar yeah, that's for everybody. Like, same thing, same thing here. The same thing. You know, you always want that as a kid. You you like mysteries and and you always like that little rush of being scared. You know what's <laughs> what's going on. You know, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so. That's yeah. you know that got me going. I said, "Hey, I got to know more about these kind of things." So uh, you wind up uh, looking more and more to it. Yeah, I mean, Frank, it, can I? I'm sorry. No, no. Sure. I was just going to say that it, that it's it's a very interesting way to go about, and and it was at a time where, I mean, people really didn't chastise you as much as today if you believed in well, you know, if you, if you if you like, oh, I'm interested in monsters and monster movies. If you prefaced with that, um, you wouldn't necessarily go out there and say hey i just saw a ufo no then they, you'd be just dead they, they would just kill yeah. you at this point but uh, uh well you know it's not that much different now <laughs> well, <laughs> in some places uh, i'll tell you it's not that much different now 
But uh, yeah, you're right. You know, it's it's more it's more so accepted now than it was back then. Definitely. Well, you know, I find I mean I don't know if Alex and you can attest to this as well as you, but when you know you go to some place, and now that I'm I'm you know Bronxville Paranormal Society, and I officially have you know a place a home. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my wife. She's seen some things actually in that area, Connecticut, Southbury, and Route Eight, and and what mm-hmm. have you. That's where I've seen a lot of my my experiences with uh, UFOs. Um, but you know, she doesn't want to admit to it, and I get it. Let her not let her admit to it. But when people find out that you do or or you're interested in it, you'll be mm-hmm. most people will be very surprised at how many people come up. Oh, you know what happened the other day? Oh yeah, or, well, you know what I saw? <laughs> well, that's my my book. My whole book's about people yep. stopping me and say, "Hey, you know what?" I mean, it's it's like, hey, I heard you're into this. Maybe I have this little problem, or I saw this. Maybe you can help me out. That that's what it is. Seeing you know, a word of mouth, they find out what you do, and bango. I mean, that that's like I said, my whole book is made up of that. And Frank, yeah. uh, and Rob, let me, Al, let me just promote his book. book. Actually, it's Paranormal okay. Family and Friends by Frank R. Santariga, and it's available on Amazon. You can get it. Uh, it it's awesome. It's a great book. Great read. It's not going to take you that long, and you're going to want more. So we're going to probably have to ask Frank to write another one. <laughs> Sorry, Al. So, but what I wanted to do, since we segued over to the book, is I, I do have a question for you, and maybe you may want to give a little bit more background information on the question so the, so the, so the audience knows what I'm talking about. But it's in part, part two of the book, um, the, the DiNapoli case, Joan DiNapoli and the Alien Encounter. Um, do you believe that she was abducted, that she lost time? Okay. Um, Joan DiNapoli is a pseudoname. Her name was really right. Judy. Okay, she, whatever, but whatever yeah, her name was. I, well, I got to remember the real name or else. <laughs> yeah, Judy, yeah, Judy, yeah, you know, I, when you, when I try to get in touch with these people, but they're hard to, you know, after so many years, they're hard to find. So I had to use So if you want to give a little bit of background on that particular chapter of the book and then, you know, maybe answer my question, you know, towards my my question towards the end there. Okay. Frank, before you start, can we just take one little break? We're just going to break to pay some of our Paranormal UK uh, radio bills. Okay. Okay. We'll Sounds be right good. back in uh, in about a moment with Frank, and he's going to go into some interesting stuff from the friends and a uh, family and friends, uh, the paranormal book that he is the author of. We'll be back in one minute. Uh, time is just flying. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm trying to monitor the time. Oh, yeah, and give me one minute, and then I'll just you know blah 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 blah. Okay, I'm going to bring us back in, and we'll go back into. And this was Dinopoly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hi, and welcome back to Beyond the Realm with uh, us, your host of the Bronxville Paranormal Society, Cindy Dove, Al Santariga, and our lovely guest, Frank Santariga, who is the author of Paranormal Family and Friends, available on Amazon. And Frank, uh, you were going to go into the Dinopoly case that Al brought up. Okay, yeah. Uh, Joan Dinopoly, named the book, in, and her name in the book is Joan Dinopoly. Now, um, Joan... Uh, was a neighbor of ours. We had just recently moved up to uh, Oxford, Connecticut. Um, I, we had purchased a, a lovely log home with eight acres of land. It was real nice up in the middle of the woods. But uh, we had few neighbors, but uh, they were really friendly type. They would come over and ask if we needed anything or whatever. So we decided to uh, have a party and invite some of our neighbors over. <laughs> uh, so we'll 
while I was in the kitchen uh, getting things uh, together to bring out to the to the table in the dining area, um, one of the women came in, which was uh, called Joan. She came in and she says, uh, I heard that you were a parapsychologist and you also research UFOs. I says, sure. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I says, that's true. I do. She goes, can I tell you something? So uh, she went on to tell me of an incident that happened to that previous fall. This was in uh, the spring. Oh, God, I want to say 90, 92, the spring of 92 that we had this little get-together. and But the previous fall in 91, um, she was home. And it was around dinner time. I'm thinking about the thing. Is it's hard to remember all the little facts. But anyway, she was home preparing dinner. Now, her house overlooked a pond that was on an adjacent farm. And uh, as she was over the sink getting dinner together, she noticed a light coming from over the valley. Now, again, Brian, this is up by Route 84. I mean, Interstate 84 in Connecticut. Yep, Route 8 We're right 84, up, yeah, right? Yeah. Oxford, Oxford, Southbury, Woodbury, <laughs> we're all together. This is a, a, yep. Yeah, no we're problem. all in the same area. Yeah, we're all in the same area here. So she's looking over the, at the sky. The sun was starting to set, and uh, it was just a beautiful, you know, fall night. And she had the window open, and she noticed a little pin light coming from way down in the distance. And she started just doing something with the dishes. She looked up again, and the light got closer, a lot closer. And she thought it might be one of the helicopters that, uh, uh, for people who don't know, that Sikorsky uh, – the manufacturers of helicopters, Sikorsky, is right down Route 8, not too far from where we lived at that time. And they do tend to, you know, test their helicopters up and down the valley. Oh, yeah. So uh, her assumption was one of the helicopters that they were working on was coming up that way. But then, she says in a split second, it went from a, a little, you know, like a dot to this object. Just flew right over the pond. And it did, she says, right there, she says, this thing can be no more than maybe two, three hundred feet from my, from the house. She says, it was standing, it was right over the pond. And she sort of like panicked. She didn't know what to do. So she <laughs> she says she crouched down be, behind the sink a little bit and looked over the window with just her eyes to see what was going on. And she didn't notice that the, it was either pulling water out or putting something in it like a snorkel when from the right. craft down into the water. So she couldn't tell if it was either sucking water up or putting something down into the water. But while she was watching this thing, uh, a car was coming up uh, on this Laborde Road. It's an old dirt road that's behind the pond there that leads to where we lived. And she noticed the car was coming. She says, well, this car has to see this thing. There's no bad it. She has to see this thing. But as soon as the car got a little closer, the thing went out like if you turned off a light and went black. It just went black. And then, uh, you know, like, uh, well, it, I can't say black because it wasn't dark, but it almost like became camouflaged, invisible. The car itself or the craft? No, the UFO. The craft. The craft wow. uh, in, the book, in the book, he said it became invisible, yeah. Yeah, it, just like, it, yeah, like she said, it became almost invisible. She said, and then the car just went right by it. <laughs> no more than 20, 30 feet away from where it was and went right by like nothing happened. She says, as soon as the car went over the hill, it came back on again. 
Was this craft a specific shape, or did yeah, you... it was the the uh, UFO, typical UFO with a dome on the top. With a dome, it wasn't like the black triangles that have been reported nope. in that area. No, nope. saucer, a, I believe you said yeah. in the book. Yeah, it's saucer with the dome on the top. She said she's, uh, that's what she noticed. Uh, in the meantime, she, uh, she watched this for a while. Uh, I believe that some time went by that she noticed that it was dark. All of a sudden, it, got, it was dark, and before she. Uh, she saw the craft. It was sort of like a you know twilight. It was like four four o'clock in the afternoon. It was starting to get dark. Like I said, it was uh, it was in the fall, and so it was starting to get dark a little earlier. Um, she says it was light. She said, but the next thing I know, she goes, I looked up, and it was dark, but the the, the craft was still there. She, but it was closer. She says that the snorkel wasn't in, but it was closer, and then it just zoom. Went right down the, the valley the way it came. Um, in the meantime, I think her daughter was in the in the uh, other room, the bedroom, doing her homework or something. And she says, "Mom, you know, I was calling you. Didn't you hear me?" And this type of thing. She says, "No," but uh, she says, "I was afraid that she might come out and see this thing, and you know, God knows what might happen." But the daughter didn't see anything, so she was oblivious to it. I was when I when I read the, when I read the story in the book. Um, I got two. I got two. The feeling that I got from is a. She made some kind of psychic connection with this craft. Is a, and b. I felt like she may have lost a, a half hour of time. I was just about to say um, that. Al. <laughs> so I wanted time. your opinion. Yep. Did do, do, do you feel the same way? Like when you interviewed her and you were there looking her in the eye. Right. Me, yeah. Did you get that same feeling? You know, I I didn't get that feeling. Okay. Okay. Uh, but but I'll tell you why though. I also you know knowing that maybe this might have happened, I started asking, "Have you had any dreams about this thing anymore, or uh, have you seen it anymore?" Or you went into research mode. Right. Yeah. I, I, mode. Yeah, yeah. I started. Yeah. And and she yeah. says, "No." She says that was the only time I saw this, and uh, and and that's it. I never saw it again. And she says, "But I'll tell you this." She says, "There's times that you know I'd be in bed and I get a funny feeling." She says, "But I wouldn't get out of bed." That that she, sounds like abduction uh, to me right there. Well, but she, she doesn't. She says she had no marks on her. She doesn't, you know, like some people, they do have like dirt on their feet or they, uh, they're they dressed uh, reversed. Out, right? Yeah, yeah. reversed. Right. And, yeah, but she's not, she never had that because I, I went through those questions with her and uh, she didn't say it. But, I, you know, again, she could be so, uh, I don't want to say hypnotized, but so brainwashed by the way they – Put your mind, these people, you know, these aliens do, whatever they are. Right. right. Uh, that that uh, she, she doesn't have any clue. Maybe, in, who knows? Maybe now, after so many years, it, it's starting to come to her. Who knows? But uh, they did move a couple of years after that. They did move uh, away. Um, Let me but, ask uh, you something, Brian. Yeah. Have you, we have a lot of sightings about these objects interacting with water. Right. Uh, you know, whether they're sucking up water or, you know, putting something in water. I mean, there's many sided. Many people have seen this. Yeah. Have you found that in your research also? Absolutely. And it, I can tell you this, Cindy. Um, I was doing another radio interview at one time, and uh, uh, they had a call in. And this person from Hawaii called in. And he says, uh, you know, I, I had almost, I've heard almost a similar thing of where they were sucking up water. And he, then he goes and tells me it was in Ramapo, New Jersey. I says, wait a minute. I says, is this the, the object back in the 1960s that they saw over the reservoir? He goes, yeah. 
He says, yeah, he says, I, you know, I told him that I drove up there with my friends to see that. And uh, he says, well, he says, I saw these things. He says, I saw it. He said the same thing. The thing was over the water and it was sucking into the water. He says it actually melted the ice because first it was dead winter. Wow. It melted the ice. It was, it was over the water, melted the ice. And it's, he said he saw the water go up. Well, he I, actually saw this, the water go up. There's been a lot of people go up. Do you have any... Um, theory do you think they're using that some type for energy the water yeah i don't know i that's 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 it's a good theory i don't know though i you know, i wonder if they could just be taking the fish up who knows to look at them right that, <laughs> I, you know, was, uh, that's, you know? that's what i thought i thought maybe they're taking like algae you know just like a, a right. big experiment taking fish algae and things of that nature just to look at it and see what's uh, what it's made of one of the things well, yeah, that I was that toying with when, when, when I see when I hear about UFOs and water and, and pulling water into their craft, I'm thinking nuclear reaction or cold fission, fusion, um, alternative energies that need that exchange, right? Need right that right, element right. there, um, especially cold fusion, which I believe is based off of or, or you know hydrogen and just making energy out of you know water. I mean, if we could perfect that. We would never have to pay for any type of energy, you know, right. technically. We'd well, the military water, is using that on their new subs. You know, in Haiti, they just pulled up one of those floating cities, and they can make all the water and everything. They're even growing their own food now. Wow. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's just a pretty interesting that they, they keep using um, things before our time are, are coming coming into play by some of these, these you know, crafts and, and these people. But I know the actual reservoir. I've actually... When I, I passed by that, because there was the only closest Lowe's to where I am, and it's, <laughs> no, seriously, and um, I, I actually got married up in that area, so um, one of the hotels that we, we booked was, was up there, and we had to go past that reservoir all the time, and I remembered hearing about uh, UFOs and, uh, you know, a huge sighting in that area. It yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was, it's really, it was weird, because he, he was in Hawaii, <laughs> I'm here in Michigan, and he's telling me that uh, he had seen, he actually seen the crafts. We went the day after uh, the crafts were reported because I remember, I remember it was plain as day because I was going to school at the, in high school at the time. My friends were going to play hooky to go skiing, and he asked me, do you want to go skiing? Because uh, there was a ski center up there in, uh, in Tuxedo, New York, right in that area, uh, right off of Route 17. And I told him, I can't. I got a big exam. I, you know, I want to get the, t- the exam taken care of. So they went. And on the way back, they stopped for at a diner uh, along the, the New York State Thruway uh, right. to get. They got off there by suffering, I guess it is. Yeah, yeah, they got off there and they uh, stopped at a diner, had some neat. But they they forgot how to get back on to the thruway. They, they didn't know how to get back <laughs> on, so they start they started going through uh, that part of New York, which runs into New Jersey. Right I mean, the, it's Jersey. right at the border. Yeah. yeah. So they started going down this road, and he says, and that's where they ran into the the, the, the state police. They had the road blocked off, and they had uh, 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 some military people ahead of them. <laughs> and uh, they, so they stopped, and so, you know, my friend Ray got out and says, "What's going on?" He says, "Can we go this way?" He goes, uh, "No." He says, "There's uh, he says we're checking something out here. There's some kind of thing going on. Uh, we're checking it out." 
And one of the, the people, the locals there, was standing there next to this cop, too. And he says, hey, yeah, there's a UFO there. They don't want to tell you about that. There's a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> this old guy. He, he says, You're kidding. He says, no. He says, he, he, then the cop got kind of angry. He says, everybody out of here. He says, everybody out. Get out. He made him turn around, and he told him how to get back on the throughway. But anyway, when they got home, he gave me a call on the phone. And he says, hey. Right, you missed it. There was a UFO over to the reservoir in New Jersey. <laughs> he says, "You want to go tomorrow?" And I said, "Well, you know, he said, we could go. You know, after school, we could take a ride up." So we got my friend Mickey's car, and we drove over to Tappan Zee Bridge. We got over to, over to where the, they were. We get there, and maybe two miles uh, away from the reservoir, there's cars pulled all over the side of the road. I mean, there's like a row of cars on each side of the road, and this is where the guy from hawaii he says yeah he says i remember that night he says everybody was pulled over to the side of the road just to go see what was going on and they got to a point where we all you know everybody walked down to where it was blocked off and there was like uh trucks from uh what the hell's the name of that stewart air force base is that where it's uh, up there around there yeah, Newburgh? That's, yeah. yeah stewart there was armed uh, air yeah. force trucks there was air force trucks at the time there all over the road there, and they uh, they won't let you nobody know, go through. You you couldn't even get close to the water. Uh, at least last time we got right, you know, uh, he said he got right down to the water. We couldn't get down to the water. Do you but, think they uh, were checking for radiation or or? No, what we heard is that he came back. Oh, he came back. It oh, came back. Wow. Yep, must it be came a good back. fishing hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it came back during the day, and it was over there from like three to five o'clock. Uh, it was just wow. hanging around. No, it came back. In your research, did you did you find any type of photos from anybody that may have snuck in, or are there photos present for for this for anybody that wants to go out and take a look to see what kind of craft it was? Uh, if the Ramapo one, yeah, the, the one Ramapo. In New Jersey. Oh, God, there there is. I think it's if you get on um, Google, Google it. The um, Ramapo Reservoir uh, UFO. I think someone did put a picture of it out on there. I know I, I wasn't able to find anybody who had it. And again, I wasn't researching at the time. I was only uh, 17, 18 years old, so I, I wasn't yeah. really doing anything at that time. But it, I, again, it you know always held my interest. Oh, I mean, but, you keep getting these stories, and I'm, yeah, I remember I mean, the, the 70s slash 80s. It gets deeper you know, and deeper, yeah. Just, I mean, you get deeper. Yep. This area was popping. I mean, it was incredible. You know, uh, you had the news media out there. What is it? They always ask, you know, that I think mm-hmm. it was around Closing Encounters, you mm-hmm. know, the movie, which I thought was fantastic as well. Um, so that just fed the fire, and it, it's just, that, that's, that was like, that sealed the deal for me for, like, I guess now they call it paranormal. Back then they called it New Age. Uh, or whatever, yeah. Right. But, uh, it was uh, it, that was a big to do back then. Uh, I, I want to say it was '66 or '68. I'm not wow. sure the year again. Probably you know '66 or '65. I don't even think it was '68. But that uh, it was uh, it was a big deal. I mean, for I mean, almost for a week you couldn't go by that reservoir. You just but don't forget that that reservoir of. Uh, Fed into the all down to Jersey City, Newark, all those parts of New Jersey. So uh, right, so you had to check to make sure yeah, that nothing was being dumped in there exactly, or whatever. Exactly, exactly, exactly. They wanted to make sure there was nothing uh, wrong with that water. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, but it, it seems to be that there's a couple of sightings. Also, if you get up to Katona area, um, which is all along that 84 slash 684 corridor, yep, yep. and they all kind of interconnect. So I'm wondering if there's some kind of special material or or Something in the water system that comes down that these these craft just you know need or or love. 
Well, I, I don't know if it's a, a material in the water, but um, you've um, – um, oh, God, Umbriago. What's his first name? I forget his first name. Oh, Phil. Phil, yeah, Phil. Phil Umbriago, right. Yeah. Phil, uh, if you look in his books, he has a good uh, theory that it's some type of minerals uh, that if you draw, right. dr- draw a line from – I guess Pine Bush, in fact, going as far as Pine Bush, going east all the way across the Hudson into Connecticut, there's some type of uh, minerals there that uh, I don't may be ma- uh, highly attracted to these uh, craft. I don't know, but it's kind of odd when uh, it seems these craft uh, seem to be in a, a, the same general area all the time, at least back in the 80s. They were right. in that general area all the time. I mean, well, you know, here in the, in the rural areas, you always hear sightings about these things are hovering over barns for some reason. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I cannot well, tell you how many people was just driving down a deserted road and there's an object hovering over a barn. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, uh, uh, one of the big things were the uh, cattle mutilations. They they swear yeah. that uh, it has something to do with their organs, their blood or something that these uh, – is it like a Visitors feasting thing, or, or are they feasting uh, on it, or, or something to that effect? You don't know. Yeah, you don't know what they're doing. It Using could be it. a lot of things. Yeah, you yeah, know. you don't know. But uh, everybody says, you know, well, it's the government. It's like, if it was the government, they don't have to bring these crafts to hijack them. They just get a, a cattle car, fill it up with cars, uh, cows, and bring it to wherever they want to do the experiment. Right. You're right. So it, That's right. it doesn't I make agree. sense, you know. No, all, it doesn't make sense. And 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 they don't have to, you know. It's at a time when they don't have to put on the show, you know, with the the force of military and whatever. Right. So they they were, I guess, maybe taken by surprise. I'm sure there are people within the, you know, the government within the government within the government that were, <laughs> you know, very first and like, oh, this is going to cause a lot of problems. Don't right. worry about it. They'll they'll react normally. Let's see how they react. Yep. yep One of the you. reasons I think people think it's the government is because all of the the government vehicles and things that show up around mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, yeah um you know trucks everything shows up around them so that's uh, you know i know i've seen a lot of people that are convinced of that because of the military presence but it doesn't make sense and then you know with cindy does a lot of research into drones and the technology that's gone back years roughly around you know even further back from the 60s and were some of these you know could they some of these been drones you know, precursor to us knowing about them. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought I lost somebody here. I thought you lost um, me for a minute. No, nope. yeah, we, we got you, Frank. For some oh, reason okay. we're good to go, Frank. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, uh, I think the government has something to do with it. I believe they may have some of this technology already going on, and they're using it. Uh, right. But again, secretly they're using it. But I also believe that uh, there's an alien pran- uh, presence also. Presence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There has to be. I mean, I, I don't know about, I, I can't speak for Al or Cindy, but, you know, I think there's multiple different types of, of alien presence. I believe be, so there is, too. Be them, you know, some from outside of our, our Earth or planet and our solar system, as well as there may have been people or animals or whatever on the planet that are, you know, living in hiding and just, you know, researching from within. Right. I Never mean, especially know. in the in the seas, the oceans. Oh yeah. You know, we know absolutely nothing. We one percent of it. We have no idea what's going on down there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't. I, I mean, you know, I I just showed Al this. I didn't show Cindy, uh, but uh, on New Year's, 
Speaking of UFOs, my, my youngest wasn't feeling well. She was kind of running around. I was overheated. We were at a friend's house. So she, you know, she was calming down and she, I, she wanted me to rub her back. So, I, I, you know, her shirt was off and she was, we had to cool her down. And as I'm rubbing her back, I'm like, oh, that's a scoop mark. Um, so I, I showed it to Al. I said, uh, uh, you know, like this is kind of odd because, you know, uh, you don't expect it to see it on your children. Um, mm-hmm. But going back to the person that, that, you know, on her property with the, the hose and the, and the siphon, again, nothing. They, they didn't notice. Like, I don't think they would even notice a scoop mark as much, but she, she definitely didn't have anything whatsoever or no i asked if she saw any kind of markings or scars or anything unusual uh any any traces of blood on the bed or something like that well you know there's some researchers um that claim that 98 percent of people that are abducted never know it i believe it i believe it absolutely i mean they go their whole life and you never you don't even do it because it's just erased from your mind you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Well, yeah, I, I I could see that. That's for sure. But um, yeah, Al. So that that was pretty much what uh, Judy, I mean Joan, <laughs> Joan, Joan uh, had uh, seen. And um, yeah, I asked her about if she had any kind of uh, other experiences or felt that she might have been adopted. She didn't feel that at all. Yeah. Wow. Um, can I ask a quick question on yep. getting back to your book and, and your research and your studying? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is family and friends. So. Right. Um, it seems that there's there's you know uh, some kind of connection to we're going to call it paranormal, but you know psychic abilities or, mm-hmm. or or whatever within your family line. Do you have any of those abilities? I, no, I don't. But uh, uh, my brother, he may, and my sister might have. Uh, right. But um, I gather that that was inherited uh, by uh, by them by my mother. My mother had those abilities. You know, when you read in the book the right. things that she saw and uh, what she felt, uh, I, I really do believe uh, strongly that it came that way. And, and the, the the other thing is that also on my father's side of the family, my aunts had that ability, especially my older aunt, my aunt Adriana. She had a very high psychic ability. And um, I, my cousin Claudia. Now that uh, she's in the book, you'll see that she had those experiences when she was uh, uh, on her vacation in Italy. Yeah, so. I, I, I was reading that chapter. It's yeah, just, it's just kind of interesting because you have your, you know, your brother. He ha- he he may have some abilities. Your mom, your on the other side of the family, mm-hmm. your aunt, and it probably goes back generation after generation. And um, I don't know if if the, the, your sister has it as well. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of like if I looked around, I'm like, wait, everybody has this but me. <laughs> me, I miss it. <laughs> like, what's going on here? The, the, the only thing I could tell you that I do have that, again, is part of the paranormal. That's so good. Is I've had a couple of deja vu experiences. Yeah, um, oh boy, I love those. Deja yeah, vu is I mean, great. The, the, I think that's yeah. a precursor to actually, you know, awakening right. your third eye or whatever they want to call it. Right, and and uh, it, it was really strange. The the first one was. Uh, I I um, was moving out to Colorado. I was going to be moving out to Colorado, and I had to go find an apartment. And uh, uh, I found an apartment, and I said, well, I got the rest of the day to, you know, rush around, you know, look around. So I drove out of Denver, and I headed up to the uh, mountains. You know, they had a – I wanted to see how Denver would look from the mountains. So as I was driving up, uh, all of a sudden, something said to me, take the side road. I mean, it was just a, a gravel road off the main uh, interstate. I said, hey, what? that would be kind of stupid for me to do that because there's nothing there. But something told me, take it. So I took it. 
and I'm driving, and I says, well, you know what? I know if I keep going up, I'm going to come to like two different gravel roads. And if I take the one to the right, I'll be able to see the city of Denver. I know I will. I says, well, let me try it. So I went. And I took the, the right and went up, turned around. And I said, no, there was all trees and things. And I, and I, that must be, must be crazy. Thing. I drove around, came up to the top. And there, right before me, was in a whole open view of the whole city of Denver from the mountain. And I said, God, how did I know this? I mean, wow. I, 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 never, it, I never expected it. Just as like saying, some, take this road, follow the, the, the road to the right, don't go to the left, go to the one to the right, and you'll see the city of Denver. And it happened. The That's second, a great experience. Yeah, the second time was uh, I had just uh, remarried, and um, we were planning on our honeymoon. And uh, a couple of weeks before, I had a dream that I was with my future brother-in-law, and we were somewhere in, in the, uh, the Caribbean. And uh, we were driving. The funny thing is that we were sitting in the back of a pick uh, of a, a truck, a flatbed truck, right. big truck, in the open, you know, just hanging on. <laughs> so, this is crazy. And as we came around the, uh, this mountain, uh, I, there was in the middle of the uh, the water, in the ocean, there was this. Uh, did you ever see Sugarloaf Mountain in Brazil? They have that mountain that looks like Sugarloaf. It's uh, got Christ on top of it, the Statue oh, of yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? That's what it looked like. I said, whoa, look at this. And I said to my future brother-in-law, look, Dave, there's a, look at this mountain over there in the middle of the ocean. He said, yeah, that's weird. And then as we came down the hill, we started look like losing control. of The truck was starting to speed up fast, and we thought we were going to crash, and I woke up. So a few weeks later, got married, going on our honeymoon. We go to St. Thomas. And uh, we figured, you know, we were in the resort for a couple of days. And let's go into town. I said, well, let's get a cab and go into town. So I uh, went to the, the front desk and says, is there a cab to take us? And he says, oh, he says, there's a bus that stops here. He says, every hour. He says, you can take the bus. He says, you save yourself some money. And then it takes you right into the middle of town. I said, great. Lo and behold, here comes a truck, a flatbed truck <laughs> with benches on it. Wow. Said, this is weird. He says, and there's people in it. He says, they're all going to town. Said, well, let's go. So we got on it. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, this is weird. I said, she goes, why? I said, because I feel like I've been on this truck before. <laughs> she goes, you're crazy. You're really crazy. I says, I'm telling you. He said, we're going up, the, up this mountain road, right? I says, listen, if anything happens, look, look. When we get to the top, look to your right. I bet you there's a mountain in the middle of the water. She goes, you're really crazy. So we get up, look to the right, and there it was. That same thing I had in my dream. Right wow. In the middle of the wow. Amazing. But the worst part was that, you know, in my dream, the, the truck, truck lost control. Right control. <laughs> <laughs> I, says, I says, you better hang on real tight. <laughs> she goes, why? I said, just hang on. But it went, luckily, it had brakes and went down nice and easy and it was fine. <laughs> but that was the only two experiences I could say psychic experience or whatever. Wow. Paranormal those, experience those are great experiences. <laughs> really strong. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. yeah. Deja vu. Uh, Deja vu. Have you ever had it, any of you guys, where you know what somebody's going to say before they say it? All the time. Me too. Oh, I mean, true. it's so freaky, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking in your mind, I know what they're going to say, mm-hmm. and then they say it. Well, yeah. you know, it's funny. What, what, what I, I normally go through, someone asks me my opinion, and I literally tell them how it's going to pan out, and I'm right <laughs> all the time, but no one ever listens. <laughs> no, no one. So, that's true. So I'm like, no one ever listens to me either. Me yeah. too. <laughs> so it's 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 still it's it it blows your mind when you're actually that accurate at doing certain things. But you don't, you know, I never attribute it to psychic ability. But mm. I'm sure that, you know, I 
we, when you, I think when you're psychic, you're using more portions of your brain, uh, more percentage, whether, I don't know if they can gauge it or not. And especially most people that are psychic or into this field, I find are more creative, be it musically, right. art or whatever. Right. I, I found that in my research also. Yeah. And, and I mean, I know that, that my, my kids, and I know through your research that, that, you know, it kids pick up on, especially females. And I know mine have picked up on certain things. But yep. um, a quick question for you mm-hmm. to get back to: Are there any other subjects that you uh, you know you focus on as far as parapsychology? Okay, uh, yeah, I've uh, went into mostly the near death experiences. I, I always was fascinated by near death experiences, astral projecting. I, I was fascinated by that. In the book, uh, a very good friend of mine I worked with had that ability. And, and I'll just do real quick. I'll give you quick what happened is that we had a bet that he, he knew I was into this. And he was from the West Indies. He was from Trinidad. And he says, this is, he says, this is all new to you. He says, we've been doing this for hundreds of years. He says, you know, he says, in fact, my father is a shaman. And, and at that time, I didn't know what a shaman was. And he explained to me what it was. It was like a, a typical, maybe like a, a witch doctor type of person. And he says uh, his father was like the, the big guy in the island. And, and Trinidad is a pretty big island. And uh, everybody knew him. But uh, he says, I saw, I asked him, I said, do you have those abilities? He says, sure. He says, I, he says, when I want to, he says, I can. He says, I can go out of my body and do things, uh, whatever I want to. I, I started to doubt him. I said, come on, Doc. I used to call him Doc because related to a witch doctor. <laughs> but he, he kind of liked it. Though. He was a good guy. He was a good sport about it. I says, come on, Doc. You, you can't do those things. He says, he says, I'll do it tonight. He says, I'll prove it to you. I'll do it tonight. I said, okay, fine. But we went, you know, just the rest of the day we did our work and did whatever. And we said goodnight and everything. Um, and it happened to be a Monday night. I was watching Monday night football. And my wife had gone to bed. And I was watching the rest of the game and everything and whatever. Uh, the next morning, I got my a cup of coffee because I used to get in there pretty early and I sat down we used to have a, uh, an employee lounge where we were and I sat down and was drinking my coffee and uh, he comes down sits next to me with a big smile and sits with a cup of coffee he says so he says uh, how are you I said, I'm, I says I'm fine I says how about you he says I'm uh, fine he says uh, uh, I was a nice visit to you I says you visited me he says yes I visited you last night I said first of all you don't even know where I live I said, he lived in Queens New York. He used to commute from Queens to, to Stanford, Connecticut every day. So he lived in Queens, New York. I lived in Norwalk. So there was no way he knew where I lived. You know? So, But he says, uh, he says, oh, yeah, I visited you. I says, oh, yeah? He says, yeah. He says, you were watching the football game. Well, me and millions of other people were watching. So that's not hard to guess, right, on Monday night. That doesn't prove nothing to me, Doc. He goes, oh, yeah? He says, he says, uh, you were watching the game. He said, when I came in, you th- it was, uh, it, he called it intermission, halftime. He calls it intermission. He says, it was intermission. And he says, the the Giants were winning. And I said, well, anybody could think of that. He could have been watching the game too. And he could have said sure. that too. He, I says, well, Doc, I said, you're not proving anything to me. I says, he says, well, he, he says, okay, hey, now I'm going to start proving to you. He says, you have an orange couch. Which is weird. <laughs> I, says, I said, you know, he's right. I do have an orange. Well, it was a, a, a chair, an armchair, a long armchair. Yeah, I do have that. He, I didn't say yes or anything. I just said, I just kept looking at him. And he says, then you have a lamp. He says, and those lamps were handmade. 
He says, they don't look like you come you to buy it in the store. And I did. My father had made those lamps for me. Him and my, my father's cousin had made them where he used to work. He gave them to me for my apartment. I didn't say anything else. He says, then there's another. He says, then there was another green couch up against the wall that faced where the TV was. And I didn't say anything. Yeah, all right. And he says, um, he says, you still don't believe me. I says, well, I know. I don't know. I said, you, you, maybe you guessed pretty well. He says, okay. He says, this morning, he says, was there something different when you came down the stairs to go home, to go to work? I says, what do you mean, was there something different? He says, he says did you see something that wasn't normal? No. I said, no, nothing normal. He says, you didn't see that cannonball on the last step of, your, of where you lived on the stairs? I says, come to think of it, I says, I did see the cannibal, but I, you know, thinking that maybe the pre, I lived in a two-family house. We lived upstairs, and we used the stairs to go up and down on the outside, on the outside. but the per, I might have thought that maybe the person downstairs might have moved a cannonball that he had underneath the deck from years ago, and he put it there for some reason. I says, yeah, I says, yeah, I, that, I did see that. He says, who do you think put that cannonball there? He's wow. Just, well, how would he know I, that you had a cannonball? That I mean, like, I you, don't. That, yeah. that alone, right there. As soon as someone said cannonball, and like, how you know, it's not like a common item. Like, you don't go to you know Mikasa, and then like, I'll take wow. the cannonball, please. I and then I just stood there with my mouth open. He says, he says, he says, he says, I could have told you more things. He says, but he says, he says, I started to feel drained. I guess he can do this for a certain amount of time, and he starts losing some kind of an energy. He says. He says, I started yeah. to feel drained. And I had to go back. I, wow. said, I said, Doc, I said, now you got my curiosity. <laughs> I, says, I said, what? What happened? What did you do? He says, he sits on, he says, he sits on an armchair and he says, he just concentrates, almost going like in type of a meditation. And he says, I want to go there. And I, he doesn't know direction to nothing. He just says where he wants to go. And he says, his spirit, he calls it his spirit, his spirit took him where I wanted to go because he didn't know how to get to Norwalk you know he didn't he just didn't know how to get there uh, and he, I, I can't I mean I was dumbfounded when he told me uh, that he took off he could see the city lights below him he saw himself going across the sound at night and he saw him heading to lights in Connecticut and he, the next thing he knew he was floating over my where I lived and then wow. he just wow That's I, I know exactly what he's talking about <laughs> You do, um, yeah. Well, it's 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 kind of like um, something that I've been doing, and Alan, I've kind of wow. we, we came came to the conclusion we used to do the same thing on the back of our transportation back home after whatever the city. But it's 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 like remote viewing. Or I call it remote viewing. I think Cindy would call it like psychic ability or the ability to do things. But where you travel to a location you've never been, you should not know the anything about it. But if you think enough about the person, you kind of focus in and hone in on them, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you fly to that that person's place, but to uh, me, remote viewing is you're viewing it. You're actually not leaving your body. Right, you're, I call right, it. But 3D. you're not leaving your body. Then it's right. remote viewing. You then actually you can call be it, there. Cindy? I call it. He says it's the same thing I do. You're reading oh. a mm -hmm. situation or a location because when Al he doesn't tell me anything about the location, right? right. Al, you, not yeah. whether it's apartments or anything. Right. And basically that's what he's doing the same thing. I am because I'm able to see the apartments or the, or whatever building I'm able to see what was on that land as back far back as I want to. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So I. But you don't. But Cindy, you don't feel your soul or your spirit leaving your body, do you? No. Oh. It, it, yeah, that's, that's true. I did something once. I've I never saw Cindy prior to me doing this. I, I've I've heard of Cindy, but I, you know we were discussing, and I said she wasn't feeling well, so I said, "Oh, I'm going to go out there and send a healing or something to that effect." Mm-hmm. And I also did something similar to Al. There was another issue, and I've never been to the house before this. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Cindy. I described her, her location, the house, the colors, the, the the plants, and everything. And you know, it, it was the weirdest thing. It, it feels yes. like. You're you're not leaving your body physically whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're aware of where you are. You're going to that spot, and you can manipulate things in that spot as that person. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and I have a, an unusual driveway. It's rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my stairs are rock. And he started talking about the rock driveway, and I, I thought, well, you know, there's no way he would know that. Right. Well, it's, it's, you know, so it's amazing. Yeah. I, I first I first said to Al, I said, Al, this is what I, I got. Uh, should I tell her? Because part of the thing that you do is you, you don't you know, you don't know if it's an overactive imagination you have, you know, where you can kind of make this mm-hmm. up in your head or if yeah. it's real. Right. So I always I, I go to I go to my gut right there to my, you know, the right hand man right there, Al. And I'm like, Al, should I say it? He goes, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, just tell her. And I did the same thing. I had um something similar. I went to. There was uh, something going on in Al's, and um, I said, you know, let me try to send a healing, and if worse comes to worse, I'll just bug Al for a little bit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and wow. I, I went in, and I described an area, and what I found was when whenever there's an issue taking place, it takes me right to that spot. I was like, how come I keep going to the same spot? And I figured out that it's that's the spot that should be the focus. So there was an area there, and I think I drew, I remember drawing it, and I texted him, like, it's this area right here. He goes, wow, that looks just like the room or something like that. And eventually when I got there, I'm like, okay, I see it now. Mm-hmm. But it's a weird perspective that you're seeing it from, um, which kind of blew my mind. But one of the the best was I did this. I, I was sleeping or it seemed like sleeping. And then I, I was, I was literally in this dream uh, with uh, paranormal UK radio networks. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the, one of the, the, the guys that started it, uh, Mark Johnson yeah. and Irene Allen was, was there. And I didn't know it was Irene at the time, but we were in a jeep. We drove up into the woods until like what looked like a, uh, a cabin in the woods, surrounded by a, like a perimeter of rocks and a lot of woods. And I think Al was there, but I'm not sure. But Mark was there and two other guys. And we went over to a house, uh, knocked on the door. This woman that was blondish answered, "It's about time you got here." You know, like joking, like what, what the hell took you so long? Um, and we gave the we gave her German shepherds. A couple of German shepherds, and she was playing with them. And there was uh, one of the guys disappeared. He went into the woods, and then for a split second, I went back, and I was looking at this taking place from a different perspective. And it felt like a wolf, let's say a werewolf. I'm going to say werewolf because that's what it felt like. And I'm looking at this, and basically the mutual. No one was afraid, but everybody was aware that each party was there. The the humans knew that the wolves were there, and the wolves knew the humans were there. Just like kind of like monitoring each other. Um, and then I said, can I have a cigarette? And I was smoking a cigarette and I said, where do I put this out? And he says, uh, go over there by the house and put it out. And it was a white cigarette and it had a little blue ring around it. And I am a smoker and I don't smoke anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I tell Al this, and I said, um, you know, Al, uh, should, you know, should I tell this to Mark? Cause I don't want him to think you know, like, you know, I know he interviewed us on the, as BPS, but I don't want to think, oh, like, wow, I got a crackpotter now, you know. <laughs> like, like, you know you made it when you have your stalker. <laughs> so 
So I, I typed it to him. I said, listen, I'm not nuts and I'm not crazy, but this is what I experienced. And he came back with, wow. Um, he went through the whole thing. I was spot on um, <laughs> with everything. The German Shepherds, Irene has them. Uh, she smokes, actually, a white cigarette with a blue ring around it. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. And, she's, and, and at the time, he's, he's doing a book and research with uh, Barry Fitzgerald um, oh, okay. about uh, transforming creatures uh, like werewolves, windigos, skinwalkers, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And he was like, did, did you get a sense of danger? I said, no, not danger, but whatever it is was aware that you're doing what you're doing. Mm, and I said, if I do get danger, I'll definitely tell you. But I should not have had that experience, and it was as if I was there. There's no wow, question that's amazing. about it. That's amazing. Right. Yeah, now, you're, you're, yours is a little different from mine because I just get the information. It just comes to me. In other words, I don't feel like I'm leaving my body or anything. I just start all of a sudden getting downloads about what happened there, what's going on there, um, you know, the property, and I see the stuff in my mind. Right. So it is, and I mean, but I don't go to that location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he's talking about physically right. leaving your body. But well, Cindy, you, you're you're the classic psychic because, I, like I was explaining about Helen, the woman who used to work with us when we did it, she would be the same thing. She would just get this information flow, right. and we wouldn't tell her. In fact, we wouldn't tell her where we were going. We would just pick her up at the train station, get in a car, and we would travel. She didn't know where we were going at all. No history and nothing about it. Right. That's then what she, Al does. And that's what she does. She started picking up all the history and then telling us all about it. Then I would go back, do my research, and find out what she, if she was right on or what she was wrong about. But it, that's the same way. She used to, it used to feed on her. It used to just come to her. Right. And it's very strange because, I mean, I really don't know where it comes from. Hmm. No. But I sometimes can get eight or nine pages worth of stuff. A lot of <laughs> it you can't prove because mm -hmm. it's in the past. Right, right. And it's, there's no record of it. And it's mm -hmm. very, you know, aggravating to, hey. because I get the information, like I said, whatever has been on that property, mm -hmm. all the way back to indigenous people and past, even past that if I want to. Wow. Of course, when you go back so far, there's nothing there because there's no people. And so you just got the environment. You can go back that far, huh? Yes. And then wow. I can stop okay. there and then come forward. And, 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 and Frank, can I segue back to your book for a second? Sure, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to run out of time. I want to get this question right. in because I'm dying. I'm dying to find out for myself. To be honest okay. with you, all right. But um, in the in the, the chapter with the Ed and Helen Williams, the Ouija board incident. Okay, that was really okay. neat. That's Bob and Kathy, really. Bob. Okay, okay, yeah, Bob <laughs> and <right>. Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, right. What I was, what I wanted to ask you was in in the chapter you say that you make contact with. Um, Helen's father, and they, they had this long conversation. Right. A, do you really believe that she was speaking to her father? And B, what came, What do you believe came in afterwards after her father said goodbye? Okay. Um, uh, let me just give um, Brian and Cindy a little background. Uh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, a guy worked in the background, uh, of course. His wife was having these terrible nightmares all the time uh, of of her father who had recently passed away trying to get in touch with her. Um, Bob, who I worked with, knew that I was doing the psychic type of thing. Uh, he asked, uh, well, and first, the, the woman, Kathy, 
uh, was talking to her friend who was a nurse or something at the hospital there in Norwalk and uh, asked if, if she should go see a, uh, a, a somebody to, for her mental health because she thought she was going crazy. And she goes, well, and she goes, I'll tell you what you should do. She, you know, maybe talk to a medium or uh, someone a psychic that maybe they can help you. It doesn't sound like you're crazy. I know you're not crazy. She says, but this sounds something that might be a little bit un under unusual. She goes, well, I don't know anybody like that. And then that's when Bob says, well, you know, I know Frank. He says, maybe he can help us. He may know someone to get. Now, this was the Thursday night that he was talking to his wife and his wife's friend. Friday morning, he comes in the office and he tells me about it. I said, well, Bob, he says, the only psych I know, she lives in, you know, Manhattan. And, and you know, get her on a day notice. It's, it's going to be hard. I'll try. So I did call that woman Helen, but she was not going to be able to do it. She had other engagements. So he goes, God, he says, I'm losing my mind here. You know, she, my wife's been going crazy at night. She can't sleep and she cries all the time. I said, well, well how about if I come over, you know, we could, I can maybe talk to her and see. He goes, that'd be great if you can do that, Frank. He says, yeah, he says, all right. He says, why don't you and your wife, you know, my wife, you know, can we get together? And she says, okay, that, that's fine. He says, well, how, you know, can we communicate maybe with this? I said, well, I have a Ouija board, brand new, still in a box, still with the wrapper on it. I said, I never used it, but uh, maybe we could do it that way. Now, this is me being a real amateur because I don't know about we Only I read about it, the research on it, but I never used one. Like I said, it was still shrink-wrapped when I had it. So that night, we, uh, my wife and I went over to Bob's house, and uh, we started to opened up the Ouija board and started doing, you know, trying to communicate. She gave me a little background on what was going on, and uh, I, re I was really feeling bad for the woman. So she says, uh, can we try, you know, communicate with this Ouija board? She, um, I says, yeah, we can try. He says, but first of all, it would be bad for me because, you know, I work with these type of things, you know, with parapsychology. I may not be a good, you know, conductor. And it's not good for your husband, Bob, to do it because he knows a lot of things about your dad that, you know, if I ask questions, you know, he he may know these answers and it's not really given as a, a real reading. So my poor wife got stuck. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, working with Kathy, putting her hands on the plachette to move it around. My wife wasn't really happy about that idea, let me tell you. She was not happy. I'm sure you heard oh, it when you got home, Frank. Oh, I hear I could see by her eyes. She just, she's like, yeah, man, you're going to get it when you get home. <laughs> so, but anyway, so, so we, we tried. So we, we went and, and you know, we started having these questions and it was answering back, moving very quickly. You know, Bob was doing the writing, I was doing the asking the questions, and the, the bloodshed was moving around. And we, we come to, you know, the whole thing was is that uh, he was asking for Kathy's forgiveness because he was a bad father. Um, Kathy said that he was abusive when he was, he was a drunk, he was abusive, he would hit his, you know, beat his mother and the rest of the kids. And that actually, nobody really cared for, for the father. But uh, they still, were, you know, were married and everything, you know, they still lived together. But uh, Kathy moved from Vermont, that's where she originally was from, moved from Vermont to Connecticut to stay with her aunt. That's how bad it got at that house. She had to leave. She says, oh, I would have killed him if I didn't leave. But anyway, went through the whole thing. The father asked for forgiveness. And she looks at me. She says, what should I say? I says, <laughs> I mean, the guy's asking you, you know, for forgiving him. Can you find it in your heart to forgive him? 
She goes, okay. And she goes, I do. I, I forgive you. And and it spelled out thanks. T-A-X. Thanks. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, I says, uh, I think that it's done. And she goes, yeah. She goes, I, you know what? She goes, I do feel better. And also, you could feel that the house felt a little lighter. I, I mean, you, people always say these things, but I felt like a weight lifted out of the house. You could feel, you know, everything seemed a little brighter. I mean, it could have been my imagination or what, but it seemed like everything became brighter. Everything became lighter. It, it was a, the atmosphere was, you know, more pleasant. And and I could see Kathy's eyes cleared right up. She was bright eyed and she was smiling again. You know, it was great. It was great. I says, uh, okay, now you know, we just say goodbye. And we said, you know, well, she said she spelled that. You know, she says, "Was Dad, I love you." And he, and he, he she said. Uh oh, Frank. Did we lose you, yeah, Frank? We're... Frank, we lost you for a second. We okay, go back. Okay. To, go back to where she said. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She uh, she uh, said to her father, "I love you and uh, goodbye." So she goes, "I forgive you, you know, I love you and goodbye." And the Ouija board answered, "Goodbye." You know, yeah, goodbye. And we went out. Kathy says, oh, she goes, she felt better. She was smiling. She says, how about a cup of coffee, a piece of pie, you know, some cake or something? She goes, yeah. I says, that sounds good. So we sat around the dining room table, which was away from the couch where we were working on. And um, my back is to the, to now, where let the me inter- Let me interrupt you right. right here, Frank. At this point, okay. do you feel that she was actually speaking to her father? Yes. You do, okay. yeah, because okay. were, she was saying things because she she now she was a skeptic too. She okay. she was saying things that only her father would know. Nicknames, she, she, like she asked, "What is my nickname?" And it came out Tweety, T W E E T Y, like my nickname. It was tweeting, and even Bob knew that. He, he like he went, "Wow," he goes, <laughs> "Yeah, I remember." He used to say that to her, okay. you know, things like things of that nature. She wanted to make sure too that it wasn't just her imagination or some fluky thing going on. Right. But right. she was she was confident that that was her dad, and and the way he used to apologize about the hitting and things like that. I mean, we were on that board for at least an hour and a half, just wow, going back and forth with questions. But uh, when she said "I love you" and goodbye, you could feel, like I said, the whole atmosphere changed. Everything yeah, the was better. In the house changed. That Absolutely. forgiveness, huh? Yeah, that's all it was, just a little forgiveness that did it. Wow. And, uh, and she felt better. Uh, you know, every, like I said, everything was good. We went and we we're at the dining room table having our coffee. And I see her looking past me because my back, again, is uh, against the, the Ouija boards behind me on the coffee table in the living room. We're at the dining room table. And I could see her looking past me towards the Ouija board. And she keeps looking. And, and I'm just wondering why she keeps looking. She gets up and she starts walking around, and I turn around and I see, I see the plachette moving by itself. Oh man! Wow. I reach out, yeah, I reached out and I grabbed her by the arms. No, don't go there. She goes, why? My daddy might want to, you know, say something else, something more to me. I said, no. I said, your dad said goodbye. I said, you don't want to touch that thing now. Nope. I says, and says, yep. There's something else coming, trying to get through. Your dad wow. said goodbye. That's it. And she goes, well, maybe we should try it again. I said, no. I said, no. no. I said, no we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> I said, you know, let's finish our coffee and we'll go home. The next morning, I got that thing, dug a hole about two feet deep, threw it in there, burned it, covered up dirt, and that was it. I never touched a Ouija board since then. That was the first and only time 
Yeah, That's we don't. I, play. I don't play with Ouija boards. How no. you felt about the Ouija board? I will never touch one again. I swear. I, even at the store when they're piled up with other games, I don't even go next to it. Yeah, so I don't, yeah, don't either. It's. Yeah. it's Do you a, believe it opens the portal? Absolutely. I mean, I I've read it and I've researched so much about it. I've talked to people who felt that they that had happened to them. And I like if it when it doesn't happen to you, you don't you, you really don't get get to understand it. But when it happens right. to you, then you say, "Wow, there's yeah. something here." It's it's Definitely. a dangerous thing. I mean, I had a brother contact me recently. What you know? What about Ouija boards? And I think they were going to play with it. I said, "Don't play with Ouija boards. They're probably one of the most dangerous things you can even have yeah. near you, especially kids." Oh, don't well, you know, ever, ever. I I had all these experiences when I was a kid, but we played with the Ouija board all the time. I mean, yeah, we we tra- we were we, it was treated as a game. Every kid mm-hmm. had it, whatever. And I'm wondering back now, even though I had psychic abilities, was was things coming in all the time? Is why I had all these experiences with these Ouija boards. Well, I mean, but that's a di- I, I think that's a different perspective because of your abilities. You're you're able to discern which is good, bad, and, and different. I think Ouija board is like leaving your front door open. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I you know, wonder. How much of my experiences that I had, bad or good, most of them were bad, was because we were playing with the Ouija board all the time. Yeah. We played with it every day. I, I, I personally think, for me, I think it's the most, one of the most negative things you can have in your house. It's, 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 a, it's bad, bad magumbo. It's just, I, I just, I, my brother-in-law bought a house in New Jersey, and they found a Ouija board downstairs. I said, you need oh, to take that out no. and burn it. Oh, oh, and he doesn't, he, doesn't, you know, he doesn't believe in this stuff. And he's the type of person that will be that much of an idiot to go and play with it. <laughs> no, no, seriously. No. I mean, I'm like, yeah. you know, eventually, oh, look, I got a Ouija board, you know, and not think much of it. But you have no idea what you're talking to or who you're really talking to. And, and going back to, you know, you know, yeah, they said Tweety and stuff. But like, like Al was, I think you were leaning towards it, Al. How do you know for sure it was the dad? Um, how do you know that that whatever is down there or the abilities of these these entities that are are mastering these boards can't just pick that off of somebody? I mean, yeah. I mean it's possible, but yeah. it, here's here's the, the the proof was that she never had any more bad dreams. Well, yeah, no, that, that yeah. validates it. I, and, and yeah, I, she had no more bad dreams. She was able to sleep all night, and she had a, a whole different attitude, a whole different perspective in life. She, because she was the only one holding out, not forgiving her father. Yeah, and you know. Yeah. It's funny when when Al you know came over to me you know when we first started you know doing the BPS thing and I pretty much mentioned to him right off the bat you know we investigate everything paranormal for the most part but um, I I don't I I told Al I'm like uh, de- demonics well well above my pay grade and I, we should not be doing that I think you leave that to uh, and I'm gonna go professionals as in people that are dealing with demonic spirits like priests and and, and clergy and, and what have you I need I know. There are some people at, at Paranormal UK Radio Network that have dealt with them and rather deal with them than like uh, certain other objects or people. Now, now you, you've heard of uh, Ed Warren, right? Yeah, Ed and Lorraine absolutely. Warren? Okay. Yes. All right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, now, uh, there was one time um, I, I, I knew Ed and I knew Lorraine you know, pretty well, Ed especially, because <laughs> I'd always meet him at the – I always somehow – wind up meeting each other at this pizza parlor uh, getting pizza <laughs> somehow <laughs> but anyway the, one of the one of the first times he yeah he lived in Monroe which has been wasn't too far from where I lived in Bridgeport right uh, and this pizza place was like right in the middle of between us but anyway I, I got to know him uh, going to his uh, presentations and things and I, and I talked to him about it 
then uh, as I got more and more into the parapsychology of it, I, I, I asked, I says, Ed, I says, I, I've been really thinking about maybe getting into uh, exorcisms and, you know, demon, demonology. What do you think? He's, he looked at me and he says, you've got to be crazy. He says, he says, do you think, he says, do you think I wanted to get into this? He says, I didn't want to get into this. He says, I was sort of pulled into it. He says, I was pulled into people who were actually suffering and, and dying, feeling that they were possessed. He says, I yeah. don't, he says, I don't want to. He says, I've had a heart attack already once doing this. Says, yeah. Wow. Kidding me. He says, no. He says, he says, Frank, he says, let me tell you. He says, do what you're doing is fine. He says, do what you, you know, like Lorraine and you do, you know, you, you go with people and you talk to them and you find out what's going on. He says, but you don't want to get onto the demonology of it. And he looked at me, he says, don't ever, ever go that route. And then, uh, maybe, uh, maybe a year later or so, you know, I went to uh, again. He was having a uh, presentation at Shelton High School over there in Shelton, Connecticut. So uh, I waited till after the presentation, and I went, went over to him, and he says, "Ah, oh, he says, I remember you." He says, "Yeah." He says, "How you doing?" And he says, right away, he says, "You didn't go into the demonology, right?" <laughs> I'm surprised he remembered. He says, "No." I said, "No." I took your advice. I, says, I keep away from it. Uh, I, I really think do. I won't do any cases like that nice. because I ran into uh, come, some of them when I was younger by mm-hmm. accident. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, it was really bad. I mean, I, I have respect for people that can do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but yeah. not me. Well, Cindy, Cindy, Cindy's usually we gauge everything off of Cindy yep. when she reads and like I, like she says we never tell her anything about our investigation. She usually calls us, calls me or Brian like a week before, or two before, and say, "Where the hell are you guys going? You know, I'm getting this, I'm getting that." Um, but if she says, "Don't go there for whatever reason," we won't go yeah, there. I'm not going. There's I would no take way advice. anyone's going to change I'm glad y'all listened. I only said that about one place because... Take that advice. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, yeah. You know, it's funny. This goes back to something else that we do, and I'm going to ask you, Frank, if you do something prior to going to, a, you know, an investigation uh, coming and going, Alan, we sage. We sage our equipment. We sage our bodies. We, uh, you know, Al goes through the prayers. I go through a prayer, and we repeat that on the way out. We... we, we you know, do our best to put a, a bubble around us of protection and our equipment, and we tell them straight up: you can't attach well, to us. You're not coming with us. It's done. You know, we're protected. Um, well, do you do that? Do you do something before you go over to these friends' houses or family houses? Um, Al was telling me something recently that he has a coworker that they do this in Africa, where they go over and they will sage themselves or protect themselves even prior to going to family because you don't know what negative spirits are in the family's house. Well, uh, that's really uh, into yeah, they it, take but, it. They take it to an extreme over yeah. there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, I could tell you this. When I, uh, when I first started, no, I, I didn't do any of that. You know, I, I, you know, we went, we did our thing. And like I said, our psychic was there. We never ran into anything negative, thank God. You know, we never did. You know, there was nothing negative. And a lot of most times there was nothing at all. All right. Right. Most times I have nothing. You know, people always say they got this ESP, that ESP uh, or the v, uh, EV, what they call them, EVPs. 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 Yeah. I says, you know what? I, I was doing it for 30 years and I have not yet to hear one EVP that I could say, yeah, that was it. And I've been doing it for 30 years. I'm not saying that they don't exist. I'm sure they probably do. But I, for one, never heard one. Uh, and, and as far as, you know, prayers and things, 
I only did it one time, and it was just recently. It was uh, when I moved out, first moved out here to Michigan. Um, I guess this one group here asked me to uh, to join them on a uh, on an investigation. Right. Yeah, of this uh, opera house in Howell, uh, Michigan here. And uh, something told me, you know what? I was in my car. I said the 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 uh, Saint was it the uh, Angel Gabriel Saint Gabriel, Saint Michael the Archangel prayer. I said I don't know why I'm saying this because I've been on so many of these things, but for some reason I'm saying it tonight. Needed it that night. That's I, why. No, yeah, I, well, yes. I needed the patience too because it, it was like a circus act. You had nine people, all kinds of equipment. Moving up and down, going in this way. They had those the boxes over there that, that squawk. I call them squawk boxes. Oh yeah, <laughs> make more noise than anything. And <laughs> Brian knows how I feel about those. Yeah. Then, then boxes. Let me yeah, say. Then the one, this one guy came back down, and there's uh, there's noise going all over the place, right? That's crazy. And he says, the one guy comes down to me, he says, "Hey, he says, Mr. San Diego, look, listen to this." And you hear, "This is you know going there, Brian." And he says, did you hear that? I says, yeah, I heard that. I says, you know what? I said, that's a CB radio. I says, right. Interstate 96 is just two miles down the road. You're picking up you're picking up radio waves. That's yeah. not somebody who's going to say, look at my tires. You know, and, and, uh, <laughs> come on. Give me a break. I, I said, was going to ask you about that. <laughs> um, I mean, can this be other stuff like you're talking about? That they're oh, absolutely. Up? Absolutely. I mean, okay. Brian's a pretty smart guy. You know that anytime you have wires wrapped around a magnet, you're going to get any kind of radio wave or magnetic waves. Oh, yeah. You're going to get all kinds of interference. I don't believe in those boxes. I don't believe okay. – the, the thing I do believe in is that uh, – uh, was it an electromagnetic uh, meter, you know, an EMF, EMF meter? meter. Yeah. yeah. I do believe in that because there is fluctuations of electricity, and I do – there's – something to do with that in the spirit world i really do but as far as talking and evps and that kind of thing and these uh i don't know maybe i'm old-fashioned but i i I just can't get anything electric anything electric can be easily influenced by electric uh, a field around you but anything around you so you know uh, we we we, i I recently have something that that is similar to a a spirit box but doesn't really grasp the radio waves that are out there it grasps frequencies and, and some other things um, using wireless and energy in the air, but um, we do use certain apps that that will do of of phonetic generator, and what and we find them to be very very well put together and fairly accurate. A lot of times, Al and I have actually been able to, like, if something's coming up on mine, it's coming up on his, and in general, it doesn't always do that. But we we've we've kind of validated each other's findings at at certain points. But yeah, with spirit boxes, when, once you start putting in going through the spectrum, you don't know what you're pulling in. Um, um, but we do have EVPs, and and I, you know, I, I distinguish. I'm up in the air. I mean, you can hear the words distinguishably nice. I mean, I hear some a lot of them. Of, you can <laughs> some are class A, some are, are you know B and C. Uh, but um, it's not uh, A. I don't but, want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, but you know like, what, no, Frank? I'm, I'm you, you, you can't dismiss him so no. so quickly because I'm, I'm telling you. I told you this. I told you a hundred times. There's too many things there that you could get influence easy. Uh, it, here's what you do: the next time you watch one of those reality shows, uh, right. Ghost Adventures, or something like that, don't Recorded? look at the screen and just listen to what their piece come out. It could be anything. 
Oh, yeah, I do agree on this. I I'm, never I'm, hear these things. I'm <laughs> the worst when it comes to hearing these people. I can't hear anything. Sounds Brian, like Brian nothing. has got the great ears. I mean, he really does. He he picks up the lowest the lowest frequencies you can imagine. I mean, we'll, we'll I'm, send I'm you some tone too. Deaf. You know, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. You were going to send me some. Uh, I'll, I'll send you some EVPs that we picked up, and I'll, I'll be brutally honest. There was nobody around us in the last EVP. The la- very last one was, where it was twice. I said, "Did you hear that?" To Al, and he goes, "Nope." And the next thing you know, you hear a growl, and that's Class A growl. And, 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 and the I'll funny send you thing that. about it, the funny okay. thing about it, Frank, is we had we had our digital voice recorders rolling all night we we absolutely caught nothing on the digital voice recorders we got all our evps on the ir camera and on the thermal imager that's where we got the that's where we got them from and 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 on top of that the last one we caught i i said did you you hear that sounds like footsteps or it sounds like i heard like it sounded like people walking and if you listen to this evp um and 99% of the time you have to use the headphones cuz they are low and if you you know if you go into the technology, okay, but why aren't they high? Why why aren't they loud enough? Some so of them some hear? of them are are class A and some of them are class C. I mean, it's a fact. <laughs> okay. You know, some uh, people some people are close talkers and some people don't need a megaphone. I mean, my yeah, wife I, walks I, into I'm, a room and she talks. People paying attention. Okay. Um, I, I have an open mind. I have an open mind. So but, you could yeah send them to me and I'll, I'll listen to them. I'm going to send sure. them to you. But this clearly sounded like a horse drawn carriage and someone walking on cobblestones. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. No, I mean we, we, we were we were in the, in the middle of the woods. We neither okay. one of us were walking around. And we there was no cobblestones or horses. Yeah. yeah. So well, that that reminds me of the um, the one uh, the uh, the one uh, uh, research that I did over at the. Vail's Gate over there in Windsor, right across the tap, uh, Bear Mountain Bridge. There's a right. town called Vail's Gate in Windsor there. Yeah, I was, um, was going to ask you about that because of the history of the town. It's by West that's, Point. Yeah, that's the one. Right, that now. You know, my friend my Mike Tomko, he worked with me also. Uh, a friend of his had bought a new house right in town, and he asked for us to go down. And you know, uh, he was getting all these kinds of strange noises and things and whatever. And he says, wow, he says, you know, my friend I work, he's into this stuff. He says, maybe he can help you out. So, you know, again, I don't do any of the research pre, pre-research. pre I always do it after the fact. So I said, okay, you know, right. I met with him. We went. Yeah, I went there with him. And um, we went. Uh, again, I, I didn't get anything, but the, the, the stories he was telling me, it was uh, incredible. You know, like a, he, uh, his wife and him would hear people down in the basement. You know, it's speaking in, like in German. You know, uh, they were speaking in German, yelling, having like a good old time. And mm-hmm. uh, this, yeah, it's, it's, and uh, then he would hear the doors open and close, you know, and windows open and closing. And, and this is right in town, too. I mean, uh, it's right in town in Valesgate. It's not like a, a suburb or in a, a place where there's a few homes. Rural it's like right, area. Right, right on Main Street. Yeah, right off of Main Street there. Right. It's, yeah, it's a very, very rural. So uh, I'm thinking that maybe it could be cars or trucks or uh, trains that are coming by or something like that. But when we were there, honestly, I, I didn't hear anything the whole time we were there. But the, what they were telling me was all these things that had happened. So I said, you know what? They seem like nice people and everything. Let me look into it. So I did the research on it, and I found out that that particular house was a tavern back in the 1700s. <laughs> Uh, the, yet the person who had that, the people who had that house were taken prisoners by the Hessians, German soldiers, the, the Hessians who fought on the British side of the Revolutionary War. Right. They were there. They were their prisoner for a whole year, 
And then a militia from West Point came, uh, the American soldiers came, attacked them, surprised them, ambushed them, and killed them. And, you know, gave the, the house back to the people, that type of thing. So my thing is that she heard people speaking German. It could have been the Hessian soldiers. Um, the, the reason why they're there, you know, the, the residual energy of them being killed right. at, sure. in the basement. Uh, so I, th- it could be true. I mean, the, the, the things they've been hearing could be true. Um, the last I heard, they were still hearing these things. Do you ever go revisit some of these cases? Yeah, some of them I do. Uh, yeah, there was a couple that I did, uh, especially the one uh, – I think I was telling you that there was uh, – the drawers were opening and closing all the time at this one place we were going. Uh, and every, we kept missing it. I, you know, like we'd be upstairs, and we heard the glasses breaking things downstairs, and we'd run downstairs. Nothing there. Everything is fine. We hear of walking above us. We go upstairs. There's no one there. Uh, and so I went back a couple of months later with my friend Tomko, and uh, and uh, everything was fine. And whatever happened happened. He says, "No, you know, after you left, you know, everything was gone." I just hope I didn't take it with me. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's one of the reasons why we sage afterwards as well. We don't want to take anything with us. Yeah. So, no but uh, is allowed. You know, yeah, but, it's. it's <laughs> That was fine. That was good. That was a good one. But, I mean, it's uh, ag- very aggravating for uh, – this happens to me all the time. I'll go in the kitchen, and I'll hear all these noise in the living room. I'll come in here. It stops. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Go back in the kitchen. It starts up again. In fact, I was trying to videotape a toy my daughter had. Not mm-hmm. only was it turned off, it had you had to push buttons on a remote to get this thing to talk. Mm-hmm. I had my camera. I go in there in the kitchen and just start – just come on, start working. So, you know, run back in the living room, stop. Oh, wow. This went on for two hours, <laughs> so I finally gave up. And I'm going to tell you, the thing scared me to death. I went out on the porch at 2 o'clock in the morning because I had insomnia. I mm-hmm. come back in. It's all dark. All of a sudden, I get right beside this thing that goes off besides my foot. Uh, oh, it scared the whole you know what out of me. I had, Light it on had, fire. I, <laughs> yeah, well, all her, all her animals do that. One of them, I had to take outside one day. It wouldn't stop. Wow. That's, so, that's because your granddaughter is fourth generation, and yeah. you know that. I know. She probably I, has it, yeah. She's yeah. got abilities beyond your belief. Yeah. She's, yeah. Psychic. Yeah. I mean, she is yeah. really, you know, she's three, but she'll just, you know, we'll walk in someplace, and she'll point, and she'll say, who's that man? Yeah. There won't that's... be anybody there. And oh, I'll wow. Say, you know, I don't know, honey. I can't see him. Now, I rarely have the ability to see it, spirits. Now, I did when I was a kid. I saw a lot more of them, but she can't sleep at night because she's she doesn't know what things are. So she calls everything an animal. There's mm-hmm. animals coming through my room, <laughs> and you know, and her daughter, my daughter, doesn't believe in this, even though she's seen so much stuff. <laughs> Daughter's in denial. Yeah, she's always. in denial, and, but. She says they're not there. They're not there. Well, what's funny? I haven't really spoken to my granddaughter about this because I believe she's old enough. Mm -hmm. But somehow she knows that I'm like her. (laughs) Yeah, because she'll probably see stuff stuff around you, Cindy. Yeah, she probably sees the people you're talking to or or you're communicating with, but she probably sees them. Right, because you know, I first figured this out because there were some bizarre things that went on, but. 
she, um, she, you know, like the other night we're sitting there and she looked outside the door, looked at the front door. We have glass in it. And she says, there's a blue light floating around that door out there, Grandma. Uh, go, out, go out there and get rid of it. Huh. I said, well, I think it's just a car. And she puts her hands on her hips and goes, you know, it's not a car. Brian, no, Brian didn't I see a blue light outside my yard? I was night? just about to say that uh, that's funny because Al had a blue light right outside his window in the backyard. Oh, the wow. That is but, so weird because this just, what was that? This just happened last week or so. That yeah, this just happened like this week, uh, Monday oh, or wow. night. Yeah. This happens yeah, all wow. the time with us, Frank. <laughs> I, I do really. I, it's amazing. It's just yeah, amazing. And I didn't see it, but yeah, this kind of stuff does happen all the time between us. Wow. Incredible. And, and and most of the time when we ever do interviews on other shows, mm-hmm. um, which we we do a, a often, often, almost every time. If I mean, I would say, I'm going to say every time. There's always some kind of issue with audio or 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 technology, but they always catch EVPs. They and do. I, and on I know the show? you do. I don't. Yes. I, it's on the shows. It, it's been caught, and there's some strange ones, and it's it's just interesting. But that's like when Al and I walk through a building when we do an investigation. We both sense something's there, but it's running the hell away from us. Hmm. I don't know what it is, but it, it's like you know, like oh crap, the guys are here, gotta go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and but we did that at the doctor's house in Pinebush. But it's all all three of us. Cindy will just like, what do you guys planned? She'll call out of the blue, and she just knows, you know. And it's it's like it's it's really it's it's interesting, bizarre, but also like wow, I, I can't keep any secrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, well, sure. and and Al, Al's in denial too because he has abilities. <laughs> Ron has they both do, but Al's in denial. He de- it definitely has abilities. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing baby steps though. I, don't, I told her. I'm not a, I'm no, not you do too, Brian. Both that. of y'all do. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want a Pandora's box opening up for me. I'll, I'm just going to a certain point, and you know and. I'll hold back a little bit more. Right, but. that's good because you know, being a full blown psychic, and mo- and mostly I also besides being that is read energy. I'm an empath, full blown empath. Right. And let me tell you, it's not good. No. You know, when I was growing up, I you just you get bombarded with things, and you believe yeah. you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, I thought I was yeah. crazy. Speaking of crazy, Frank, um, <laughs> and we're getting into it. so your book. Paranormal Family and Friends, available on Amazon, everyone. So go out and get a copy, please. It's really worth it. I mean, it's a great, it's a great, great read. read. Really great. good job. Um, yeah, there's something else you. scheduled coming up, like another book, or are you going to follow it up with uh, a movie? Yeah, <laughs> no, seminar, I know. maybe, or something. Excuse me? Seminar, maybe, you got coming yeah, up? Or seminar? Something. No, no, no. I'm, I'm pretty much retired from this now. I, I um, no, not in the paranormal anymore i'm pretty much now this friend of mine got me hooked up with the, this conspiracy things going that uh, uh yes. it's blowing my mind it's just i, I just oh okay, I, I started time, with frank. conspiracy theories yeah i mean <laughs> oh, right. yeah, we should start with that yeah if, if it happened you know if if it didn't happen where i lived i would have said ah it's baloney but i i know some of the people i got in touch with some of the people and uh it's just a shock it's just a shock that Yep. Our government is really not evil. What I thought about, you know, I, you know, like you always think that's the greatest people in the world, and we live in a great. Yeah, I love the United States and everything, but there's something going on that's really bad. It's, I don't, I'm, I can't put my finger on it, but there's a hidden agenda, and we just have right. no idea. That is exactly right. right. Somebody yeah. has this. Somebody more powerful than even our people in government. I don't know. I don't know. It's just that the, it's. 
it's 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 sad when they use kids yeah. as pawns. Right. And that, that's what that's what hurts. Yeah, it, and, yeah. and and coming from parents, you know, like yeah. you know, it bothers me. I and I know we're referencing and and what and if you'd like, we'd love to have you back to actually talk about that. I'd love to have a whole show oh, that devote to it if you can. I mean, I you know, yeah, yeah um, enough time, sure, sure. Uh, but you know, <laughs> you're right. And as parents, I mean, we, you know, it happens, I think in different perspective. I'm sure Al does and Cindy does. You know, when, you, when we go on an investigation, we just did Letchworth Village Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And they're they're kids that are like six years old. There's one older, just a year older than my daughter. Yeah. One of my youngest. Right. I can feel that. I can feel that pain as yeah. a parent. <laughs> and the fact that these people are using these kids and, and these other people as pawns and then treating the American society and public as idiots. Yes. I have a problem with that because that's not right. what our founding fathers wanted. Actually, exactly. they yep. put it in in the greatest documents ever, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, why we need what we have mm-hmm. to protect us from these type of people. Yeah, and, right, exactly. You know, it's, 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 it blows my mind that people are just, it's like, you know, pick your head up out of, out of the, the Palm Pilot or, or the, the, the smartphone or, or the two-minute Facebook video or whatever it is and start looking around. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, uh, you hear it, you, think, you believe what you hear and see on TV, and you don't really look into it, and then right. something happens that says, hey, wait a minute. That's not right. And then you start thinking about it and you realize, hey, you know, there's something going on here. But, Frank, again, we could do this at another time. Yes. Uh, oh, absolutely. the link I yeah. want to tell you about real quick. This mm-hmm. is on a mainstream site, and it's called 10 Conspiracy Theories About the Military That's True. What these are is what the military has admitted to and paid people off. This, they absolutely, you'll be shocked at what you see, that the experience and things that they admitted to. Send and me that link, Cindy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. So when you read that, I mean, I'm talking about poisoning alcohol, um, oh, yeah. radiating people. Now, and this is stuff that they have admitted. It's it's shocking. <laughs> That's right. Imagine what they don't admit. Right. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you find out later on that they they experimented on uh, you know African Americans and soldiers. Yeah, just and everyone, anybody, a bunch of people, kids, a lot of kids. Yeah, oh yeah, they it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, very, it's really bad news. Okay, yeah. guys. I mean, it yep. was a pleasure being on. Enjoyed I, I, it. it. Was a pleasure Thank having you, Frank you. for coming mm-hmm. on. It was a pleasure. Thanks, definitely a pleasure having you on. It was awesome. We're gonna definitely have you back for the conspiracy theory, theory show. Um, any final thoughts? Anything you know that that's new, recent that you want to maybe touch on? What's you know you've you've noticed besides the conspiracies? Yeah, I don't believe those reality shows. <laughs> Seriously, don't. don't I'll don't, take guys, one. Don't I'll, get, it's all entertainment. It's all right. entertainment. It's right. It is. Yep. Okay, guys. Well, I thank you thank very you much for, for ha- uh, you know coming on, being our premiere uh, episode for uh, Beyond you. the Realm, and with uh, you know Al Santarigo, Cindy Dove, and myself. Um, Al, who do we are we? What are we looking for on the next guest? I mean, we're working on timing because it's. Uh, it's based off a of paranormal UK radio network. We're going to get the timing down, and eventually, what we're going to do is we want to do a live stream with get the audience involved. Um, when this yeah, does I got, run, I got, um, I got Barbara Shadow O'Rourke and her partner B from Sullivan Paranormal scheduled for um, a pre-interview this uh, uh, Friday, yeah, and great. Um, we're going to have them on and we're going to interview them. They have great evidence. They've done a million investigations. Uh, they got evidence that validates what they found. They're just 
uh, a really good group. We met them at Pine Bush last year, and uh, we kind of connected with them. And um, I just, they have so much stuff. I, I just can't wait to get these girls on. Yeah, they, I mean, Sounds great. I've been meeting, you know, talk to them. I, they have really good evidence. you got to go check out their site. We're, we're, you know, our goal here um, as, as Beyond the Realm is to allow uh, your not normal, uh, you'd see the celebrity slash star slash whatever, to actually get, a, you know, get their information out. We've always been very open as a group. Um, we share our evidence. Um, we're not petty like that. Uh, we promote people. We feel, you know, it's, it's quid pro, pro quo in a way or good karma. You know, I have no problems with it. I'm not here to hide anything. We're not here to sell anything. Uh, we hope you enjoy what we present to you. Um, but we're going to try to prevent a forum where people can come on that normally wouldn't get a chance to get on the radio and get their message across. And we're also going to try to do this um, with a live stream with a chat room at the time so you can actually we can answer questions and have our guests like, you know, Frank Santariga answer questions. We weren't able to do that at this point. But we will be putting up a form on, on a website and where you can submit a question that you want for the upcoming guests to be answered. And we're going to actually ask those questions to them um, prior to the show. Because we want people to be participating in this. Another thing Absolutely. we did as Bronxville Paranormal Society now is anytime we get evidence, be it audio, video, whatever, we're throwing up raw raw footage on everything we have. And we are on every social network except for Pinterest because I just don't know how to pin this. Um <laughs> If you know Pinterest, because you know what, general public can get involved and they can say, "Well, I listened to this, you know, you know, audio, and I, I caught something at this point." And we can de- definitely go back and take a look at it. We're always re-reviewing our evidence and so, debunking ourselves as well. You oh know, yeah, we the, debunk you know, ourselves all the time, and not, we're not worried about debunking ourselves. No, I mean we're we're not we don't fear anybody. If you don't like us, you don't like us. I mean it's life. It's the way it is. If you love us, you love us. Um, but. Uh, before we go, we have a few more minutes. Cindy, any uh, closing thoughts, ideas, anything's uh, you know been on your mind lately in the paranormal world? Well, um, I don't know. For some reason, I was telling now this. Uh, usually, my, my house has been extremely active for the last two months. Uh, I mean, just extremely active. Uh, I had a family member move in, and after two nights. He told me, he said, you know, your house is haunted, right? I said, it's not haunted. <laughs> Everywhere I live is like this. Uh-huh. I said, don't you, remember, it was, don't you remember when we was a kid? He said, oh, yes. Oh, God, I do remember. <laughs> I said, so, but I, it's, I, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, I, haven't, we, I haven't done an investigation in two or three months, but it's, uh, I'm hoping it slows down because it's very noisy around here. <laughs> It, and I don't like, I come back all the time and my coffee pot's turned off. It's turned uh-huh. off or on? Turned off. We'll teach you to yeah, turn it on. fighting words. <laughs> turn off the and coffee it, pot. I, I'm like, please, please don't turn my coffee pot off, okay? Yeah, please. You know, and every, I question and question my father. They swear they don't do it. And I don't know why anybody in the family would do it. Well, you, you know. can put up little cameras. You can watch video. I mean, if you, if you, you know, and. Yes, I have anything. thought about doing that because if I find out one of my family members is doing it, I'm going to be very sad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you an alibi. <laughs> Al, anything going on with you? I mean, uh, no, nothing really going on. I, mean, I, I do have a bunch of uh, interviews coming up, but too many to mention. And um, 
uh, just been I've been I've been uh, coordinating with other people trying to get you know line up guests for our show and right. trying to be a guest on other people's show you and me and uh, other members of the team as well and uh, so I'm just trying to finagle everything in as much, trying to take advantage of the time I have to get everything in but um, I do I do really want. Our, our listeners to know that we we really here at the beyond the realm we really we're really looking for the next generation of paranormal celebrities you know we're not going to be your typical show that interviews the same people over and over the same stories from 50 years ago and stuff like that it's not going to happen we want we want the stuff that nobody knows about we want the investigation Investigations, the little guys, you know, with the great investigations and the great evidence and the evidence to validate what they find. And that's what we're pushing here. That's what we're aiming for. Yeah, we're looking for researchers, you know, people boots on the ground that are going out there getting and not the guys sitting back and resting on, uh, you know, oh, Roswell 50 years ago, 60 years ago, or Brentwood or, you know, I mean. Look, if you no, don't believe right. it, not, you'll not feel researchers. We, we don't want researchers because yeah. we want investigators. Right. Researchers sit at home and do everything over the Internet. Uh, we're looking for investigators. I, I object to that. <laughs> uh, you can object to it, but I consider you both a researcher and right. an investigator. <laughs> you know, right, because he's been boots on the ground. You know, right. A lot of these people have never been in one investigation. And, Frank, you know, oh, yeah. you, don't get, you have to be – involved to get the feeling or, or the information you need you have yeah. to be doing it exactly exactly if you don't well, do it it's not working we're going to be bringing it to you either way and we do appreciate frank santariga frank thank you very much for coming on we got to end the show right now we're going to put the music up in a minute okay we, say, we, we hey, say hello to it. say hello to mark and irene for me okay oh i definitely Absolutely. will all right i'd love to have you on as well so you know, <laughs> i'm not kidding so you, you okay. know we'll, we'll, we'll put a word in for you if you'd like oh, to show okay. up there <laughs> frank we're also thinking about doing a round table thing every now and again yep. so if you'd like to come on and be a member of the round table and we're just gonna you know we're gonna pick a subject and we're gonna just throw it around the table and uh and have everybody's thoughts on that so if you'd be interested in joining us yeah, let me know oh, what yes. the subject is, and I'll let you know. Sure. Sure. Okay, absolutely. We're going to do right, that. All right, guys. We'll, we'll start with conspiracy now. theories. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. We need two hours of that, Al. <laughs> All right, take care now. Thank you, Frank. Right. Thank you, Bye-bye. Frank. Well, um, this is our first show. We hope you enjoyed every moment and minute of it, and we thank Frank for coming on and uh, being the premier guest, and what a great way to start with a parapsychologist and an author who had boots on the ground. Um, for Cindy Bailey Dove, uh, and our my my leader right here, Al Santariga, and myself, Brian Bowden, for the Bronx of Paranormal Society. Thank you very much for listening to Beyond the Realm, where everything you ever wanted to know but you were too afraid to ask will be revealed. We'll see you next week. Bye. Good night.